Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Oh, what is up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode of the podcast. And this time, I'm excited. We talked about it on his last podcast. Uh, but Mike Sleater, he's in Australia. And he was in studio. Uh, it was pretty cool to have the great man in. Uh, we, I hadn't really put out a lot of Supercross content. Uh, and the Moto Spy boys hit me up. And uh, yeah, I hadn't really spoken much Supercross. So got uh, Mike in for a full on three hour bench racing session uh, i think we've missed the cutoff for moto spy so you know what it's all good it's for the gypsy gang uh, i'm so pumped to have sleeter around a bit more often i don't think there's anyone better uh to go back and forward uh on moto content with so super excited he's a great dude and i'm pumped to have him on board look for a lot more content with old sleep dog uh, before we get into this episode, just got to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, MX Store, uh, doing their open day um, this weekend. It's the uh, MX Store Fun Day, February 20. They got a stunt show at 11 and 1 p.m. Uh, they're doing customer grand tours of their new Epic facility uh, and then workshop tours as well. Uh, the guys at MX Store are also doing their Lawrence Brothers 110 giveaway. That ends on the 28th of Feb, so please do not miss out on that. Um, the annual MX Store Rider Support Comp is coming soon uh, with more prizes and more winners uh, and also... In more MX Store news, the new Fox Image range is coming mid-March. So, mxstore.com.au. Uh, speaking of giveaways, the guys at Rival Inc. are also giving away a 110. So, I think we're literally going to have to add a pit bike class to mid-2K. Uh, you can head to Rival Inc. Design Co. When those guys hit 100,000 followers on the gram, they are going to be giving away that 110. Uh, where are they at now? Ooh, they're getting close. 93,000 people at rival underscore Inc. on Instagram. Uh, if you want to buy yourself a set of graphics, head to rivalincdesignco.com. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Fist Handwear. They're doing insane things over there. Super excited to, uh, to have some new stuff in the works with them as well. You can head to fisthandwear.com.au. If you use the code Gypsy. 
gang, I'm pretty sure, uh, you're going to get 15 or 20% off, uh, and you're going to get 15% off at dixonquality.com.au. Uh, you can use the code Gypsy Gang or Gypsy Tales at Rival Inc. Design Co. as well. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Crick's Tweed. If you are in the market for a new or used vehicle, look no further than Kyle and his legendary team at Crick's Tweed. Uh, I myself choose to drive the Mitsubishi Triton. That's what gets my bike to the track each day and my ass into the studio. Um, yeah. I'm stoked. This episode with Sleeter was a good one. Uh, pretty fun to just get and uh, get to just chat about Soupy for hours and hours on end with a dude that knows more about the sport and the industry um, than most. So big shout out to Sleeter. Big shout out to the Gypsy Gang. Uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't done that. If you've got a Gmail account, um, just put your Gmail account into YouTube. You don't actually need to have a YouTube account as such. Uh, hit the subscribe button. That helps us out. Even just like a bunch of videos, drop us a comment on there. Um, we're really trying to push the YouTube. That is probably the best way for us to grow the podcast around the world. So um, you can also buy merch by heading to gypsytales.com. That's it. Mike Slater. From the gang called Gypsy. Gang and they come and get gang. Gang and they come and get gang. Gang. I'm at a gypsy. Gypsy gang. I'm at a gypsy. Slater in studio. Fuck. <laughs> this is pussy. great, man. Are you rolling? Yeah. Um, when was the first one? You were in studio for the first one, but it was at Corey's house. That's what it was. Or was it... Nah, that, it was that, and yeah. then we just happened to roll up on you at Ozex Open. Oh, and then it was Ozex Open. Yeah, I just, I just like happened, just literally. You didn't even know I was in town. Yeah, was that's like, right. Waving, <laughs> dude, that's sick. <laughs> Long time veteran of the Gypsy Tales podcast, Mike Sleater joins us in our official studio, and uh, thrilled. I am hyped. My new home, Australia. I know. I feel like we've just extended our crew of people. I hope so. Get jumped into the gang. Yeah. That'd be good. I gotta go ride first. I can't just pinch race and do Sunday. that. Yeah. So, Sunday. So you're you're gonna be the reason Supercross Companion returns. I'm I'm stoked. Bring Mason out to the grass track. I'll yeah. ride a, if I don't have a bike, I'll just ride a sixty five like a clown. Dude. Well, <laughs> would you ride a two thousand and sixteen CRF four fifty? I'll ride whatever, man. I just wanna go even if I don't ride, just go out with the boys and throw rocks at you clowns yeah perfect i'm fucking <laughs> totally down with that but yeah man i'm stoked so we're uh today we've got a, a bit of an agenda we're going to talk some supercross um but then i guess from there we'll just sort of carry on but um yeah honestly dude i'm so stoked we've, I've, we went and had lunch and we've been hanging out but i think that you're going to be an asset to the australian industry and the scene and i guess i'm a testament to the fact that you can still be involved in the scene even though we're not at the races and we're not fucking around as such um the internet's pretty crazy like that yeah i mean <clears throat> thanks thanks for having me also and giving me a voice the last couple of years of, of <clears throat> my whole my whole take on everything is you know there's no tra i'm full transparency i don't have any agenda um and i i'm a fan of the sport and i'm a doer you know i i don't just sit and talk about it i like to watch it on tv like a lot of other analysts of other sports I, I stay in touch the best I can, but I like to do and not just watch. And I want to be um, real and relative. So what was the, um, so the, the move to um, Oz, is that like pretty much just for the kids and just to try and. I, I kind of, 
good question. It's a lot of different things. My wife, Sarah's from here. Yeah. Um, you know, she has a great mom and dad and great family that supports our family of four. And we could actually thank COVID bottom line. We can thank COVID for our move. I've always loved Australia. My first time here was 1999. I raced in Cessnock at Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle Speedway. Um, just for two weeks, I got to come down on my own. I was 18, 19 years old and I fell in love with then. And then my, my family's always just like kind of embraced the Aussie culture just unconsciously. So when I met Sarah, I fell in love with her and you know, we've lived in the States now, been married 13 years and dude, that goes quick. quick. So, coming back to Oz has always been a goal and, and I think there's an alarm on my phone there for some reason stop that shit sorry mate yeah wake up yeah wake up Jason. yeah so the, the uh, move to Oz has always been like a dream of ours but just getting it done yeah COVID tr- was like the, the push yeah, it was the push the housing economy went crazy in, in our in our area um, the kids were in school. So like the better life for us was to come here and it was a heavy lift, like, like selling the house, Dude. the logistics, like it's very, it's very, it was very overwhelming. I am a resident. You Australia. Did it quick too. We, we did it pretty quick. My residency was done about two years ago. It took 18 months. Um, but everything fell into place and we never really had any roadblocks that like said, don't do this. Like yeah. nothing came into our head, like, or in front of us, like, ah, maybe you shouldn't. Um, it was hard leaving, family and friends that were like family to us yeah but ultimately it's for our kids and for my family to better our lives in australia i feel is going to be that for us it's crazy because so many people are fleeing california right now yeah it's not good it's like a mass exodus of california it's it's got the largest like exit of percentage in the history of california like the most people like u-haul was out of tr- no. trucks yeah yeah like not for us but early covid you yeah, all out that of makes trucks sense. yeah people were like just fleeing like i have more than a handful of friends of you know idaho utah like it, california is not the california that i was born and raised in yeah. um and i am in australia now and i won't ever be a hypocrite against you know california or the states the california really is its own country in a in sense mm. but I love America. I love California, but I'm very happy to be in Oz and learning this culture and getting to reconnect with longtime friends like yourself and and starting a new life, man. I wasn't fleeing from anything. It's more about starting something new and and a new adventure. And I think my kids have been resilient. We made it through the quarantine. They started their second day of school today, and it, it's it's on. So because they couldn't go to school for ages, right? March. It's been almost one year since the kids have been in school. But our kids could run a Zoom Whoa. meeting. They could run a corporate Zoom meeting because that's how they've been doing school for a year. So that sucks. Yeah, that's not good. That's not healthy. And when what was the thinking behind that? Like because other places were open, right? Like um, other other states and stuff. Yeah, were open. It, other states were open, like Texas, Florida, but like you know Washington, Oregon, like the liberal states yeah. shut down. More more conservative states, Idaho, Utah. Um, we're more open Arizona, but Florida was unaffected by COVID. Yeah, they're having Super Bowls and, <laughs> I just and don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just a very interesting thing um, that's happening, and I'm glad to just get those kids living a normal life. Yeah. And, and, and for, even for myself, like we had lunch today with no masks or and having a conversation that hasn't happened for me like really in in over a year, man. Like I haven't gone to lunch with a friend in over a year and just shot the shit and hung out so it's really it's, it, a lot of stuff is weird like i go to get out of the car and i'm looking for my mask because like you can't go into places in california without a mask so it's refreshing um covid sucks globally but i'm glad to be in in a country that's been proactive and and trying to get a, a stranglehold on it 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, Queensland, for like, obviously, Victoria got pretty, got pretty gnarly with, um, and they're in another lockdown now. But, dude, like, for us, we've been so lucky, man. Just life really hasn't changed. Like, I would have for sure traveled internationally between now and, well, the, the last 12 months. 100%, I probably would have done a few trips. I probably would have been in Vietnam right now. Um, but, I mean, other than that, man, like, life's just been fairly, apart from just leaving life's been fairly normal yeah I, I could see that like i've been watching you guys via yeah. social and yeah. it, it part of me had serious envy um but i'll take like that year of just madness and and remember it and really appreciate these days that i have now where i could not try to mm. let it go and just harness like man like we were locked down i think as americans we have a lot of rights and, and our constitution always wants to have a voice and i think that's where America's in a bit of a division in California even more you know like it's you have your left and you have your right and there's no in between yeah. and people are a lot of my friends like I'm not wearing a mask because of this and I'm not I have a right I have a right and I think people having rights there's a little bit of like a stalling of fixing things mm. not to go into politics or anything man I just well, I mean dude, I, it's I so, the fifth on that it's so when I moved back from um, America like the my last real like living there was the Trump election and I was just when I left America I was like I'm fucking glad to be away from that because like just conversations man like just constant conversation around fucking politics and yep. and only bipartisan and you like you're on this side or this side and like I'd see families arguing that are like oh I, I got in arguments with friends like close friends because they voted for a certain person and I couldn't believe they did that and that's not my decision but like because we were talking about it which we never would before yeah. right like it's a shame when politics and religion or anything like that becomes between friends and family so I'm glad to put that behind me I think the Australian culture is different when it comes to politics yeah I'm gonna learn a lot more about it I want I'm anxious to learn um but yeah it's I, I think um COVID's not politically, no, there's no political gain from it. I don't think there was, COVID was like in, in early on the States that they talked about like the one side is telling the other side that, oh, this COVID's because this guy wants this person out. And I don't, yeah. we know it's not, but yeah. like it's that's, happening how, everywhere, that's happening everywhere. Yeah. So I, I feel for my friends that kids that aren't, aren't in school. I feel for my friend, like young kids that have lost moments, like graduating high school and like these things that like, luckily for my young kids and my family, we haven't had things taken from us from that, from COVID. I was able to continue to have a job. I was able to continue to do what I love and like moto in California. Huh, it's bigger than it ever has been. So that shows you the division, right? You have some yeah. people that were like, you can't go outside no yet without a mask and then you have the moto community that's like thriving it's 700 entries at a local swap moto live race which is breaking records on just a local club day 700 entries 700 entries yeah and and it's 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 insanely great for the sport but it's just showing you the division bmx Mm. racing the same thing mountain bike racing early on covid no racing now people are kind of fed up and now everyone's outside like in california there's no football there's no soccer there's no baseball so all these kids and families are going to stuff they can do Mm. and that is being with their family at two-wheel events and the power sports power sports and bike industry are thriving globally Mm. as we know we talked about like we can't get certain things for our bikes and whatnot because it's just sold out so 
COVID has, we just got to retain those new riders. We got to retain those new, yeah. those new families to keep them so we can keep building the sport, not just get low on inventory. And how much of moving here was because of mid 2K? How about oh, you want oh, that title? Back? I built I built two bikes, man. <laughs> I, bought, I bought I bought two beaters and I built them. And there's what year my, are they? They're they're new. They're new, but they're they're you get a pass. They're new Yamahas, but still 2006, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all the same so, shit. So I, I had a bike, and then I I saw you guys were helping the race, so I tore it all tore them all down. Got twisted to do a motor for me. Oh, the, really? Um, on both of them, yeah. I'm 125 and that. So so everybody. You're on notice. Sleet is coming <laughs> yeah. for the unofficial, official Australian two-stroke championship. Yeah, I'm I'm a two-stroke world champion from like 2016. Really? They, I don't know how they call it a world championship, but they Glenn Helen that's just literally it. America, bro. They like, just claimed it. Amer- that's world, America yeah. in a nutshell. World Series. You're the only ones yeah, that play baseball. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm the world champion. There's one race that Glenn Helen and beat. Alessi and a few other heads but no it's I love two strokes it's a craft I can work on them myself like it's 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 we talk we banter about how our bike's better than the other but I spent like two grand don't tell Sarah she because I spent like two grand at light speed for carbon fiber bits and pieces before I came over <laughs> so my bikes just they, they might not work great but they'll look cool fucking bling <laughs> bling city yeah um yeah so supercross 2021 what a season so far Oh fucking! Have we had a time or what? Unbelievable. Un un. I mean, it's it's just the storylines are so so broad. Um, it's I'm I mean very proud to be a fan this year. Yeah, it's been insane. What's been so like where uh, as we record this, we just had the first Orlando race. Coop gets his second win of the season. Breaks Kenny's uh three three peat. Dude, let's talk. Let's talk about Kenny winning three 450 main events in a row. I don't know the numbers of who was the last person to do that, but man, three 450 main events, three 20 lappers, not triple crowns, three 20 lappers in the 450 class in a minutes. row. 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes, sorry. Even even gnarly, so 24 to 25 laps, right? Well, dude, some of the races have been like 26. Yeah, okay, yeah, so like it's insane. Like to do that for for I mean so what's that? That's nearly ninety laps of racing, and you've come out on top in those ninety laps. I think my to to answer two questions or to the what he's done winning those has been almost like you know he talks about Zen. He's kind of poking fun at his headspace. Mm. It's all his headspace. Like he's been playing like poker with this field like mm. when he's getting third and getting second he's mentally okay with it because he's like he's playing the long game he has from my understanding not many enemies on the track he's shaking Coop's hand after he gets beat when he should have won the race because Dean unfortunately he is lining everything up so when he's coming through the field he has zero obstruction mm. and he's you know he got some poor starts four or five for him and we all knew if he gets out front and he puts that the, that speed down he's he's out and he's he got those starts and he laid that sprint speed like og mcgrath runaway speed on another level obviously Mm. things have scaled but i mean i'm so happy for that guy like his story is like i want for the i'm waiting for the next chapter that story's been so good and this next this chapter i'd almost don't want to end Mm. but i'm waiting for the next one because he put a little push in for coop at orlando to la- try to but do change the narrative what Coop yeah, said to him, yeah. and he just didn't time it right. I think he, I think he has some, he has the anaerobic threshold to make it through, but whatever demons he had in his head and what he was working through, 
that summer off's done him right. And then, you know, there's been some other guys <clears throat> that I've, I'm like, scratching my head a little bit, but like the depth is, is throws it all off. Cause you think Marvin's having a bad year. Then you look, he has a podium, yeah. right? Like that's He's just one guy. Now. Yeah. Two now. So it's like, Anderson's kind of been one of the guys that I've been like and Osborne and Osborne bad rough year terrible on the podium last weekend it's just track position like track position is changing everything on the start right well I think that for the first time in Supercross I think it's been slowly building like what we're seeing now is we're seeing the the uh, culmination of this 250 points thing where you point out we're now seeing like what that has done that's developed the midfield so in F1 you've got the best of the rest and it's like a fight for the midfield because there there is these obvious contenders in the uh, premier cars and we're kind of getting that now in Supercross which we've never really had before and now there's like this battle of the, the mid pack the best of the rest and hey if you're a top 450 dude you aren't gonna it's like you're not going to collect $200 through that. Just pass and go. <laughs> pass and go no more. Like, there is no more go collect 200 bucks. There's Malcolm Stewart, Dylan Ferrandez, like, uh, Justin Brayton, Brock Savachi, Tickle. Brock Tickle, Tickle did not make the main last weekend. Yeah, that was hectic, dude. I mean, those are the guys that you are getting weeded through, right? Like, mm. you're weeding through extreme talent. He's a West Coast Lights champion. Yeah. Like, he didn't make the main, and he's... Not, not you know he's training hard his bike is dope yeah and then you have McElrath who gets the whole shot in the heat race returning extremely impressive speed in that heat uh, race amazing holding off the, 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 the returning champion you know holding off Tomac so I'm thinking you know that it's just a lot of it's track position and confidence you have Brayton Brayton surprised me his fade last weekend surprised me like his podium didn't surprise me because Justin thrives on track position and being able to, he'll ride who, he, who he's around yeah yeah right but like that, that fade last weekend getting up front and then just drop an anchor yeah that was a little uncharacteristic. bit uncharacteristic from jb so something's got to be up yeah the the thing that i think is real impressive with kenny is you've got that really gnarly mid pack and if you're if you're starting let's say you start 12th hard to get third <sighs> really really hard to get third you can see osborne go from like last to fifth or fourth but it's like a podium is out of the question almost if you're starting towards like the tail end of that mid pack the dudes are just too good yep. and you're not gonna like if you're coming up on malcolm he you ain't just gonna pass him and then you guarantee that every time you hit that a whoop section whatever advantage you pulled on him in the rest of the track he's gonna get back so like there's this there's like this death pit in the middle of these 450 main events. <laughs> the, there so is. It's like... It's, four, it's, it's like 4th to 15th. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I wish we could see it more on TV. Like, that's like the only we can't see. But I watch live live timing and like... Yeah. And, and watching those arrows go up and down. And Malcolm Stewart, I'm on the I'm on the fan train. Like, yeah. he's almost... He got fit. Yeah, I think... The, I think he's... I don't think he's unfit. I got to go road biking with him and in, in Swanee and the, that crew. And I think... There's a, he's missing a few things, but I'm stoked to see him building base. Yeah. Right. But like, you're right. You're coming when you get to Malcolm suit, you're not just riding around him. Fuck no. Right. Like in AP, he's made his return. Got Big six time. last weekend. Right. Like six, like a factory Yamaha rider, like normally six. Um, I would like to see what, what does a team manager say for factory Yamaha when your guy gets sixth? And are you stoked in this field? Or are you like, man, you need to be on the box? Cause like, that's a hard one. Eh? Right. Like, 
AP is a uh, two-time champion or three. Did he win two two West? I'm sorry. He's a Supercross and outdoor champion. Yeah. And he's had two rough rough years on the 450, and he rode his ass off and got a, a P6. Yeah. And he, as a team manager, when you see those lap times within that second and that consistency and not fading, you have to be okay with it. I think. Yeah. You have, and that's what my biggest thing is like. Are you okay with your Rocky Mountain guys going eight twelve? Like, I don't well, know. I think it's sort of you. You're right, man. This is a question that I've kind of had in my mind a little bit lately. Is like, how do we as the sport now adjust our perspective of a good result? Because we're in a completely different game now. And then even, you know, there's a thing I guess we'll cover late, later with uh, uh, the lappers situation, but it's like, we're, the sport's different. These main events are longer. We're, we've got a lot of guys. I think what Wygant said with like the 5% variance Love between friends, it's, it's brilliant. Yep. And that's the kind of analysis that we really need to take into consideration. Absolutely. And like a sixth in a 450 main event in 2021 is fucking wild unbelievable <laughs> if you can I mean, do that like if you're, you're in G. the main if you're in the main event 100 if you're in the main event like you know a lot of people put phone at a ray and like chiz and whatnot those guys are unbelievable just yes. watch the b practice like i used to not watch it because i'm like oh it's a, like there's dudes like nick schmidt like who rip rips and they're not even making mains they're far from it and Dude, AJ Cantanzaro. Yeah, like there's these that guys. That dude's an amazing rider. It's got to be pretty overwhelming to be one of those guys going to the line. Like, how do you stay motivated to get mm. into the main? Like, it, they're all riding so good. Like, 20th place used to be, say, six seconds off the, f- the fastest lap. Mm. Now they're at three. Yeah. Right? Like, tw- there's 22 guys that are legit ri- racers. They're not circulating, collecting points. You know, it's it's the game has changed. Um, the way they're riding their bikes, the way they're going through sections. But I do like to see like Orlando was I think the first legit supercross track. I'm sorry, right? And it was from 2007. It looked like a legit track. Like it was sick. It wasn't super fast. Like you know, there was there at one point they were still going double, double, double in practice before the finish line. Mm. And they someone the lights guys finally uncorked it before the final. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it was yeah. a Christian, Christian yeah, of yeah, course. You know, yeah. but like. You have two two different versions, though. You have the most depth ever, right, in 450. Then you have the weakest mm. depth because of unfortunate injuries in the lights class. And well, and they're pushing dudes out. Yeah. Like, guys can't stay in there anymore, like, which is like... I, and I, I don't know whether... I don't know where I sit on that. Like, if it is good to, to get rid of these guys out of the... I don't know. I think, I think it, it's definitely helped the 450 class. But as you see in the 250 class, then the, the depth isn't there. But I mean, are we losing sight of what the 250 class is supposed to be? Like the 250 class, isn't it a feeder series? Isn't yeah, that, it like, there, the, there, isn't there it the feeder class? Yeah. And I mean, for like, we've been spoiled with this ridiculous amount of talent. And, and to be honest, for the last, I don't know how many years, the racing in the lights class has been probably cooler to watch and more interesting to to be a fan of and then you add in the drama that you've got two coasts and then you can start playing those coasts off against each other so i think that what we're seeing now with i guess you could say like a lack of depth in the in the west coast or the east coast now is kind of a result of pushing these dudes into the premier class and it's now it is kind of like a feeder series i mean you've got some injuries but even if there's 
those it's four guys you know what i mean i think that that you're right the feeder series is is eliminated some of the the low the guys using it as low-hanging fruit you know i think christian craig is that guy this year right he's 29 years old um a veteran he's been able to be unfortunately due to injury stay in the class longer but the super american supercross futures the qualifying into the into the series has also hurt just overall depth right Mm. you don't have you don't have even full lineups and heat races right now covid supercross futures the the bottom the bottom number is way lower like when i was racing supercross we had daytime qualifiers or even when we had first time there was a hundred entries twin shocks daytime (laughs) qualifiers (laughs) yeah Yeah. we had a hundred rider entry lists to get to 40 to the night program so there were 60 guys not now they're not even getting 40 guys yeah right so i think the dynamic of travel and when you're going to the supercrosses now you can't just go and come home Mm. You're, you're basically going on the road for two three months so but that's not affecting the top line right that's yeah, not affecting yeah. the top line so you have i mean i think you're having teams circulate through younger talent quicker like i, I personally don't know if jaleek swole will stay around or styles robertson i just don't see these kids making that push that jet has mm. um and, and there, there's a big separation between a factory rider and then the next top rider yeah. right like and Mosman, he showed it. He got hurt. You know, you have, um, you have a slew of talent coming through a star, like seven guys coming through the star team. Yeah. You have Romano. Will he make it? We don't know. There's a lot of people taking risk and basically star racing, snatching every top guy up. I think the next guy they're going to get's got to be Deegan, right? Yeah. Hayden Deegan's coming to go to star. He's monster. KTM is not going to keep him with their monster relationship. Yeah. I, I just feel that Hayden Deegan's next steps star Yamaha. Yeah. And they're going deep, deep, deep into that feet, that amateur ranks to grab those kids, you know? Mm. So I think the top number, what do you see out of Hayden Deegan? A lot of structure, a, a lot of on, like they're just full on, like their family is just turned on. Brian's a very intelligent, calculated, calculated person. He does everything for a reason. Um, I, I watched what Hayden does on the dirt bike, and it's impressive. But yeah. he's been prepped. Like yeah. their first Supercross track looked like an RC car track. Then it was just like a 110 track, and he just prepares him the best he can. And um, I have the utmost respect for Brian and Brian Deegan, his whole family. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to sign Hayden to his first. Yeah, six, that's why I wanted to ask you. First 65 were, contract, yeah. and and you know Brian want Brian wanted to be at KTM for mm. Hayden. He's like, I, I could do this on my own. I don't need support. But dude, they could do it on their own yep. just off YouTube money. But you know what he told me? He said, "I want Hayden to be part of something." Yeah, I want him to feel far feel to feel part of the family and to be accountable to a team manager mm. and it, he's so smart you know like they do walk that line of being part of a team and be on their own but they've earned that like they they the kid money doesn't buy what that kid has mm. like all the money in the world can't make a 10 year 11 year old kid do a backflip yeah right like he just has that in him and then brian can harness it and look look at huxton he doesn't have what hayden has he has something different that could be more powerful one day mm. that's the younger brother so i think you know going back to supercross like that top number is the kids that are prepared like hayden like jets prepared like hayden like yeah. hunter set the standard jet and is it darren right yeah yeah darren was able to learn from hunter and prepare jet a little more you know, and Hunter is now re- learning from Jet, right? Like what he didn't do, and 
Brian watches everyone. Yeah. And I think these kids are coming through. Like the next kids that I see making that step, um, or all those kids like Shimoda, um, Carson Mumford, we don't want to lose them too quick in the class. So they're all young. We have a bunch of uh, 18 to 20 year olds. Yeah. Yeah. You know? The, the thing, uh, with, with Hayden is that like, I wonder his own, like the thing that will probably ruin it for him is stuff that happens outside of motorcycles. And because of all of the attention that is on him, but you play that off against like jet, right? There's probably not a kid that's had more attention than jet since like James Travis, you know what I mean? And it's like, he's seems like that really every podium interview that jet does. It's like, Dude, Jet Lawrence reminded me that there was fans at Supercross. I I didn't even remember. I honestly, honest yeah, to God, yeah. I didn't remember that there was fans at the race that uh, Christian Craig took him out. Yeah, but he got on the he got on the podium after that, and like I'd listened to the interview with Colt. I listened to the interview with Christian, and I'm pretty sure Moseman got on the podium there. Was it Moseman or Shimoda? Yep. Listened to that, and I was just like didn't even have it in my head that there was fans there jet comes on the mic and raises the roof on a stadium with ten thousand people in it and i was that to me right there that's all you need to know to know why jet has the attention that he has why he's got the the fans that he's got and then why he's got the whole industry like riding him because it's like hey there's a dude that can wake up the stadium absolutely what jet lawrence is is transparent he's real and he's fast as shit right yeah. like and talented right so he, he looks good he rides good and he has the audience and you you said two names james stewart and travis pastrana they're icons right they've like elevated sports so jet could have a platform yeah but they didn't have the the um distractions that jet even did because in their day yeah. they didn't have social i'd actually say jet has more pressure and more things to do than any of those guys and more distractions that he's got to like hyper focus and not let bother him than them i really feel like taking nothing away from james or travis but they didn't have they had to create distractions almost right like where jet has distractions put in front of him i mean how many track snacks were throwing dms into his instagram heavy <laughs> like heavy. like i mean i, I to like it is like as a dad i'm like how do you even keep your kid focused because he's still a kid yeah. and he rides like a veteran when he needs to and yeah i made he's made some dumb mistakes but a veteran's also cleaned him out out of just pure um he was reactive to getting beat right yeah. like jets woken the sport up to what's what's needed right you have christian and his family pulling the heartstrings of like the family model yeah and you have jet who has woken up the industry to what fun flair and just being a, a badass kids all about. And I think it's, that's great to have like both, yeah. right? You, our sport all in all is in a phenomenal place. I think with personality, it, we, everyone's woken up. Maybe it's the veterans seeing COVID has scared them. They need to open up and be more. I don't know. It's the, the sports in a good place with the riders. We got Dude, jet did to supercross what the backstreet boys did to pop music. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's uh, <laughs> just like, everyone's just like, that's what's happening. Could you imagine the pits? Like, if, oh, if, there, if, was, there, was if, if there was fans? Holy shit, dude. Oh, 
It would be brutal. Honestly, man, it's probably a good thing yeah. that there's not fans allowed for this the whole thing that Jets got going on. I, I for sure It agree. would be fucking pandemonium if there was fans allowed in it there. It would dude. be team. Can like you the, imagine the chicks with donut <laughs> shirts and shit on? Like, or just bro, donuts only. Donut or just merch. donuts only. Just, <laughs> just, uh, no, they've done like, they haven't, they haven't, like his team hasn't like created anything he's created yeah. like they haven't had some master plan they're just like he had a donut on the monster cup and it's yeah. like it's stuck and then yeah. like he's gonna get over that soon and it's just naturally gonna be dogs barking yeah and then there's there's things that are happening with jet that it's just very organic yes just like kenny and his season of life right yeah kenny's zen out dad life christian's pulling heartstrings with like i shouldn't say pulling he's he's relying on his family Evoking. yes right like there's every there's so many storylines within the Colt sport. Colt Nichols is the George Michaels lookalike. It's uh, yeah. hot as fuck, looking like I, a snack on every oh, podium. Oh, he is just he's like fucking, I hate him. He's God. hot. Eh? He's, uh, he's he's fucking hot. He's he's, he's a good looking young man. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. <laughs> oh no, he he like Colt Nichols, right? Like Bro, we almost having, lost him. He's we, having a season, yeah, dude. Let's not let okay. The lack of depth in the East Coast. Yeah, I totally agree. Glad you said that. Because Colt Nichols is the boss. He deserves everything. Christian came out swinging, flexed, like speed, style, swagger. And Colt was hurt the week before, man. He tried not to race East, and Bobby Green said, not fuck, no, you're racing. So he came in the first round hurt. Not many people know that. What did he do? I think he had a bit of an ankle injury or something was jacked. and, And he came in hurt. And he got through it, and then he got better. And like he's, you know, and I heard he took the whole week off before the next round, and we almost lost him to this in the sport. He was Team Green's and sought after kid. I seen at Minios one year, just ripping like, who's this kid from OKC? And he didn't get that golden Mitch Payton ride. That's the problem. Is like you you can lose, but it's one move, one signing, one thing mm. away. That in Colt almost was that kid that we lost, and thank God that Star Racing has found that place for him because he is unreal, dude. The guy is—he's so well spoken. He's—he's he's put together. He's real. He's fast as shit, and he—he's staying healthy right now. And like when he hit the ground, he's been fragile when he's crashed before, and he didn't break. And he got up and he came back to third. And he, you know, he, like don't let that depth take away raw speed yeah because i think he's the fastest lights guy in the country right now hands down yeah i I would disagree and i would say that jet is probably the fastest guy but in terms of like the 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 most legit race winner is i would agree i i i I, I will i will say i yeah like jet's got he's willing to eat shit yeah and and colt doesn't want to hit the ground anymore but he's 27 yeah well colt's colt's going for that that championship yep. like he's in that championship mentality and i think that colt probably had colt probably had this mental edge this whole time over jet right so i think what what's kind of play this is in my head if i'm colt nichols i'm going into this season and i'm like all right i'm actually down with jet fucking waxing me because he's gonna wax himself and then what happens jet waxes himself and then colt's like perfect I like this is this was part of my plan like I knew this was gonna happen and then he's like righto stay the course let's not deviate I'm not getting dragged into anything with Christian I'm not getting dragged into any of the shit with Jet I am gonna let that kid crash 
and fucking whoop my ass all at the same time. Poker, man. He's doing what Kenny did, but better. Here's what I, I completely agree with you. Colt Nichols had a little like kumbaya moment with Jet on the track, what, two rounds ago? Yeah, yeah. I don't think he really wanted to. He got in Jet's head like he's his buddy. He's yeah, friending yeah. Jet. Yeah. He's just owned him. He's little bro in he's him. A, he's little bro in him. Like, yeah. you're my homie. Then he's protecting him. Cole Seeley didn't win that lights title against Will Hahn because no one hung out with him. Will Hahn, everyone liked Will Hahn. Yeah. When, when Cole got that bad start, no one was moving over for, for yeah. Cole Seeley, right? Well, Colt knows he needs Jet on his side if he needs to get to Christian. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, this no, this is not just by chance he's having a, a bro-out bro moment with Jet. Like, yeah, Jet is that kid that you want to Jet is cool be. as fuck, yes, first of all. But, but, but this there, serves there, a purpose. There, there's, there's a purpose involved, right? He's never going to talk shit on Christian because Christian can wreck his moment. He's got to be around him. Like, yeah. Colt's seasoned. He's making right decisions a lot right now right and he could be arrogant and he might even feel it and it takes arrogance usually translates to success to an extent right yeah but i think he's got putting things in motion just like kenny friending people when he needs to racing him hard like jet's little bump tap like dude that's not what they should he should have been doing at that moment i totally agree with that but it was fun to watch yeah but Colt could have fr- most likely in history of showing that a title contender would have freaked out because he could have put him down. Yeah. In turn, Colt goes and has a bro moment with him. Like, oh, that was fun. That's not fun, dude, when you're in that position. Nah, nah. But Jet's now like, that's my homie. Yeah. So let's just like, I'm not going to hurt my homie's feelings next time. Especially after what Craig did like the week before, which I haven't really spoke on the Craig uh, Jet thing. But to me, the way that I saw it from the, like without even needing to see a replay is that he's just landed. There's some chop there. He's grabbed some rear brake. It's fucking gone up in the air. But like it, it only, your, your tire only has to come two mil off the ground to have no brakes. You know what I mean? And then he's just going like, oh, 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 can't stop, can't yep. stop. So I don't think that Craig wanted to take Jet out. I think he would have run him wide. But I think that yeah. that, that crash that they had was just purely like a racing incident. Yeah. Just racing deal. He got kicked. Couldn't stop. If they Jet, went off. if Jet was going to go try to go around the outside of the next 90, he was going to run out of track. Yes. Christian would have put him yes. off the track. Like yeah. Christian is, is one of the most, like he can ride. I mean, when Cooper was behind him at Phoenix, what was that four years ago? Cooper couldn't get by him because Christian has like eyes in the back of his head. Mm. Like Hanny's the same way. Right. And I do think Christian could have just, not even looked at him but when you look what people are seeing is him look mm. he's looking because he's got no rear brake exactly he's like, just like fuck oh, I'm coming we like, ain't stopping bro but I'm glad that the Lawrence team like as in dad like his dad commented I think on a post or something like Darren's like nah we're good yeah like that's rad like we're good like there's no drama and like just it ended it for everyone so that that's good like this sport is just in a really good place with personality I think there's not a lot of beef that's off track going onto the track which is, is dope yeah yeah because that that was one of the things like when i was watching jet and colt like for me as a jet dude i'm just like dude don't go there man like he ain't <laughs> he ain't that fucking guy like he ain't the dude to do that to like you you don't need to be getting in this tussle. he's not mosman no well look what happened man like i was texting with myrtle and myrtle like i said to him oh he shouldn't have done that to to mosman because hey I'm a jet dick rider, but I'll also call it how I see it. And I don't think that he had... What I saw when he took out Moseman was a frustrated kid that saw 
the champion, like he was seeing the championship and he was going like, fuck. He's, this, blood. he's like, this is making it real hard for me right now if I get fourth. And he's just run it in and smashed him and took him down. And it's like, hey, that set off a pretty fucking hectic chain of events for Jet Lawrence yep. if you if you want to look into the next few races to the point where we don't have Jet Lawrence in this championship now. Yeah, and you know, I, I won't lie. Like when Michael came back and cleaned out Jet, I, so jumped, should. I, I jumped up and went, yeah, as a racing moment. Yeah. Because Jet had that coming. Yeah. Right? Like he had that coming. Like... Like Michael, was it dirty that he when he took down Michael? Yeah, but you you can do that, but don't. Also, no different to the way that Faulkner took out. Um, I think it was Mosman again. Yeah, right? yeah. Like Mosman is one of those guys, great kids, super intelligent. Like does his own path. But going back to the Sealy, he was he's on his own path. Yeah, he doesn't have alliances on the track. Mm. And I think Shimoto's a kid that's everyone's like he's pretty cool. Like yeah. like don't mess with Shimoto. He's just this cool Japanese kid that that Lawrence calls sushi. Right. Yeah, yeah. So no one, no one fucks with with Shimoda yeah. because he doesn't fuck with you. Yeah. But it's Mosman's a he might thank God he's just like he's the new school shorty. I was literally about to say he's Mosman thanking is God, Andrew but he Short. is the dirtiest rider on the track. And <laughs> yeah. it, I love the kid, but yeah. he's if you pass him, he's going to try to saw your front wheel off if you go the next turn. So don't let thanking God and riding for God. And I'm a Christian myself, but. You can thank God, but you're going to get your front wheel sawed off right back if you take someone out. Right? Oh, dude, 100%. <laughs> and like, so we should have. That's yeah. it. And, you know, like Myrtle's response about the jet thing was like, oh, well, we just got to let them know that, you know, rah, rah. and I'm just like, yeah, man, and they're going to do it to you. Yeah. like, And you're you, in the championship. You don't have to let them know. That kid has so much hype that yeah. they already don't like him. Yeah, like, like, that's true. Like, there's when you have that much hype, your competition already doesn't like you because they feel they're better than you. Mm-hmm. Right, that's just in any sport. Like, if someone's getting pumped up and getting more endorsements and getting more airtime and getting more magazine covers or getting more YouTube hits, and nowadays more than ever, it's it's based off likes, mm. comments, right, followers. Yeah, everything's rated. It'd be really gnarly to be an athlete in general in these days because it's based off stats. Yeah, not actual f- your 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 clerical finish. Yeah, that's right? so true. It'd be tough where. You know, they already dislike Jet just based off his fame. Yeah. And so there's a chip on like Mosman for sure. Like, oh, I only, I don't care about followers. I'm not in that game. I want to win races. So when this kid passes me like that, it's on. Yeah. Right. Like Jet didn't create that. His aura created those followers, those likes, those YouTube, but their competition sees otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's crazy. So like, well, to go back to the, the Deegan thing. So like you look at what Jet brought in to the sport, right? So can you go, Ronan, can you go onto the Deegan's YouTube channel? They're almost, I'm pretty sure that they're, they're almost at a million fucking subscribers on YouTube, bro. A million. Well, they're the, doing 7 million views a month on YouTube. It is hectic. They, they have a platform that never sleeps, right? Like, mm, yeah. And it's a, it's a well lubed engine. I mean, dude. Oh. 980,000 subscribers. So you want to talk about, hey, uh, Ronnie, you want to go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me? <laughs> 981,000. <laughs> Don't hit the bell. Come on. Oh, actually, hit the bell on Gypsy Tales, y'all. Um, but yeah, so you want to talk about like what Jet brought into the sport with him like for his first kind of seasons but are Imagine they tired are they are, is but in. is everyone not tired of it is not the right word but are they just used to it where jets new 
They've mm. been seeing the Deegans grow since he was... Yeah, but think about the fan base. So, like, the, the kids that are subscribed to this YouTube channel. Who was I with? Oh. You're right, man. The Scooter Kids, the BMX Kids, the non-endemic crowd. Yeah, yeah. Someone... Who was telling me? Oh, dude, Townley. Townley was telling me yesterday on the phone that his youngest kid, Jagger, watches the the Deegan YouTube channel every morning before school. Oh, my just kids like, watch it? Just daily. Can you imagine the fans that that is going to go from, like, that platform to tune in on Supercross on a Saturday? Tanner Fox. Like, yeah, like, same like, shit. Like, the YouTubers are now leaning on them. Like, Brian was calculated. He used Tanner Fox to get their YouTube channel up. Hey, hey mm. Tanner Fox, come over to our compound do your thing. Yeah. Then dude, the, he's so smart. And then Tanner Fox was like, dude, this family's dope. They can help me. Mm. And it's like that circle, you know, you have that, that they're a yin and a yang. They are actually like the amateur motocross in America should give them whatever parking spot they want. Mm. Cause when they go racing, they say tune in at this time to this live stream. Like they're promoting their own, the amateur racing platform. Mm-hmm. I bet like, Loretta's when when Hayden races, I bet you that big it, spike. Big spike. Yeah. So you, to your point, like, well, what's Haley Deegan doing for NASCAR? Yeah. I followed NASCAR this week, so I wanted to see how Haley Deegan did. How did she do? Not great overall. She qualified P nine. That's all right. And and she's racing trucks now, like which is the minor leagues to like NASCAR. Like she's yeah, in, she's right. in with the, the heavy hitters. Really. Qualified like, nine's pretty gnarly. Then. Yeah, she's legit, dude. She's she's no joke, and she's. She's not just a pretty face. She's mm. like the Deegan Empire it is not bought. Mm. You can't buy it, dude. You, you can't. You you definitely like, dude. But, it, but it's never off. Like they're never off. Like what they have, it doesn't just come easy. You know, man. You you have a, you have a production production lifestyle. Everything's off of production. Like Brian manages it with you know his his agency and him and his wife and the kids and they have you know family one's in North Carolina one's in California one's in Texas like they are everywhere for for their personal goals and dreams mm. yeah I mean it's hectic dude and like the thing is man is that like I I know from like we get over a million views every month on the YouTube channel that is Damn, a, a fucking thanks bro but that is a grind that is like a constant like I am thinking about it constantly like what video is going to do well what do we need to do who are the guests we need to get coming up then you got to schedule those people you got to sit down you got to do the three hours like there is so much that goes into it right and i that i can't i can't buy that like you couldn't for, for someone to go out and and try and do this fuck it'd be hard like there's so much stuff that you can't buy like there's the the just the sweat equity that you got to put into it in yeah. terms of your own time the mental equity relationships and then yeah i was gonna say that's the bit that comes that you that you kind of can't buy right but that's the with deegan it's like he's got that thing that you can't buy which is being brian deegan and then you've got all the work that goes into those kids and then keeping those kids on the straight and narrow like just keeping those kids from not being little cunts is that's a huge fucking job that demands e- like a lot of respect i can't even imagine how hard it'd be to make sure your your child wasn't entitled mm. right like and even I actually thought of this when Haley was turned eighteen, and I'm like, how would it be for I seen all these inappropriate comments from like older dudes, like creepers, even younger uh. kids? How does Brian like just turn the cheek? Like it's not easy. People that are envious of like their dreams, like that's their dream, that's their goal, like to mm. have like to be involved in their passion. 
that doesn't come, it's just not, you don't wake up, you know, freaking shit and roses every day. It comes with a grind and a sacrifice. Like the youngest brother might be sacrificing now because he's not into moto or NASCAR, but Brian, you know, and, and Marisa are going to find Huxton's thing mm. because they have to, or that turns into a bad, like a bad path of not having a thing when a family that's all about driven and goals. But yeah, Brian has a plan, man. It's not just, you know, like they, they're very, very well thought out machine. Like mm. it's not by nothing's by chance. And then you just, you, you can give a kid like Hayden, all of these opportunities, you can give him the bikes, mm-hmm. you can give him cone valve forks on every 80 that he rides. Yep. You can give him all that shit, but like you can't fucking pay for that kid to ride through a set of whoops on a 125 and actually fucking like hit him good. Yeah. Like it, I think the only thing that's going to be tough for Brian is he runs his own program with support from the best people in the industry is when he has to confine to someone's program, mm. is it going to be like, thank God I can just let him go? Or is it like, nah, we do it better like this. Yeah. It's two ways, right? When you have money, you can do things your way. When you are hired for a job, it's the boss's way. And, and I feel he's either going to go to, it's two Mitch Payton pro circuit Kawasaki or star racing Yamaha, right? Mm. That's where Hayden's going to go and that he'll have a boss. And which one works better for Brian and their platform? Because if it's work, you don't bring your film crew to work. Yeah. Right? Like, or do you? So that's what I'm waiting to see. And I'm not saying that how old, bad. How old is he? When are we seeing So when are we I think we'll see him. I think he'll ride B class next year in 250F, right? He'll, he'll, he's moonlighting already on the 125 and Schoolboy and Super Mini. He's going to be big on the Super Mini come Loretta's. Yeah. So he'll be. There, Brian will take his time if he has to, but he ain't going to put him out there to get fed to the wolves. So I think we'll, we'll see him in Supercross to 2023. 20, 20, you reckon? 2023. Dude, that's going to be cool. So he'll be 250F next year, 250B, and then the next year's A. So that'll be 22. 20, uh, so 20, nah, so 24, you 24, reckon? yeah. Una, soonest will be 23, I think. If, if it, oh, like You can fast forward the process, but yeah. if it's right. Yeah. The thing I wonder with, with Deegan is like he never got to be that factory rider and he never got to have that experience. And he would have wanted like he would have wanted that experience to be on a factory team, to have Mitch Payton as his boss. Like I kinda could see Deegan just being like, Hayden, yeah, we done it. This is the dream. Like go and have this experience. I never got this. I never got to be the factory dude. I I did my own thing and I was like on the privateer teams and I had my own ideas. But like you've got this chance, like you can go and do that, you know. I agree. Like I think it's like you said. I was saying if we we built this to have that job, it's like investing in tutors and investing in yeah. through college, right? Yeah. When you get to college, you, parents go, "All right, you you've made the, you You're made Ohio, now. You, you made Ohio State football team. Now that coach is in charge." Yeah, I think Brian Brian always hires trainers and always hires coaches. I think he will be stoked to go we did our job mom mama mm. mama marisa we did our job hayden's now riding for pro at kawasaki or star racing yamaha i just don't think he'll go anywhere that monster's not at like yeah. that's just the reality right that makes sense but yeah i think you know that that's the, that's the move that's the play right and then will hayden will hayden like having you know he might thrive not having dad around, dad around yeah. like th- that, that he is you know but obviously brian's doing the right thing his trajectory is going the the right way he ain't yeah. getting, he ain't having lull years where he's 
like and like the thing is man look at that fucking youtube channel if you can keep <laughs> if you can keep that going man like you don't how even good need, is it? how good is that for the sport? A fucking job <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like serious like that that is what they've done with their youtube channel is incredible for the sport of motocross and for kids that can like they can look up to this kid that's got like he's living the dream man of every of every kid that like gets up in the morning and yeah like watches it they're making fun content that's like making dirt bikes cool it's making it relatable they're riding in their backyard and like you said they didn't always have like these crazy tracks like they had sort of you know little pit bike tracks essentially so yeah i mean just even let's say that hayden doesn't make it which obviously he will but it's like there's a fucking crazy job right there if you want it and and like you just said something what if he doesn't make it what's making it right that's making it yeah, right that, now. Yeah, like, yeah. like that, that's my point. It's like, yeah. it, is, is if their goal is winning West Coast Lights or 450 titles, that's making it to them. But to you, this is making it. Yeah. So it's like, is this the goal? Maybe this is Hayden's goal, and he knows that being the baddest dude on a Super Mini in 2021 is the boost is his youth. Because he he's 15 now. He's, he's a young, young man, but he yeah. knows what he wants. It'd be a weird life. Like, so this, just to give you some perspective, we're sitting on the Gold Coast of Australia... With on a massive fucking podcast, one of Australia's biggest podcasts, yep. talking about a fifteen-year-old kid's YouTube channel. Yeah, right. Like, right. You're fucking killing it. Yeah, he you're is. all killing it. He, yeah, they are. Hundred percent. Not faking it. Nah. The same Hayden Diggins on this is at the track. Like, I I met the kid, know the kid, and and dad's the same way as. They have some funny content, but it's like they're driven. They're a driven family. Yeah. Bottom line. And the the cool thing too with Brian that says quite a lot. I've only met him a few times. He's extremely nice every time that I've met him. But the the thing that says a lot about him is like Charles, same trainer for fucking twenty years. You know what I mean? Monster, same sponsor for. That is huge in this industry, especially the trainer thing. I think that if you've been with a trainer a long time, you're probably a good dude. Yeah, Charles Dow, amazing human being, like his personal trainer there over there in Murrieta. Brian's a loyal person. Mm. Like he 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 always has been. And I don't know, I'm not like super tight with him, but anytime I've had a dealing with him, dude, he's he talks me eye to eye. He's given me the respect that I felt I deserve, and it's hard not to respect someone that is like that. So mm. It'll be interesting what Hayden does, you know. Like I like I said, this ne- you're gonna find out where he goes. He's gonna sign that next deal. I think going into 2022, what team he'll go? They'll they'll put him once on that. Once he gets like, in the B class, yep. Once yeah, he's on the 250F, I think they're gonna find because I know Brian wants to be on the KTM because it's the best 125. Yeah. Like Brian knows, like he needs to be on that 125. Like a Yamaha 125 is not a KTM or yeah. a Husky or a Gas Gas. So he's putting him on that bike that would be the best for him to perform and yeah. then when they go to the 250f it's game on right like there's a few bikes there's a few are, bikes yeah. you're just not going to ride for bar x suzuki no no so this is the hot take hayden Deegan won't be kickstarting 250 <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> it'd be fucking weird though to be like i mean i guess it's for us to sit here and even speculate like we haven't lived his life but can you imagine the weird life that hayden's lived and i'm, I'm saying weird not as a bad term i'm saying weird as just an objective like his it's a very unique existence for a 15 well from since he's been you know a child like 10 probably right yeah i mean we've never really seen anything like that before in motocross but i mean i wonder i wonder what the joy is for him of like because i remember the first time i went to america 
parlor 20, yeah, what's his 2020 joy, right? you know and i was like oh, i got to film dungy and porcel and i got to meet these people and it was like it was fucking crazy like it really was this mind-blowing experience and i'll, I'll never forget like oh there's so much stuff that i'll never forget and there's like so much shit i'd never talk about on this podcast that i that i got to experience <laughs> with people and like those moments were just insane and i just i feel like if you're a kid that's grown up in that scene for so long and and you've been you know that's all you've known it's like where what's the jaw like where's those crazy mind-blowing experiences going to come from because they're kind of I mean, I don't know. Like, I look at those things. They're, that's yeah, what you, breaks up the monotony yeah, you, of life. Yeah, you, you figure, like, Hanny and the top guys go to Hayden Deegan Supercross track to practice. That's what I mean. They're so, doing, like, these monster shoots at his house. So, that's, like... And that place is for sale. Like, they're selling it. Oh, really? So, they're, they're like, scaling down because they're traveling so much. They're scaling. So, like, who buys that? And they, they get to carry on that. Like, because they're in right out of Temecula wine country. But... You, what I do like, and, and I think these this could maybe give you some insight, and, and I don't, clearly we don't know. But yeah, exactly. We yeah. don't know, and we're, we're speculating, but I think what Brian does, or Brian and Marisa, mom and dad, do so well is he gets to do kid stuff. He still does and learns backflips on his BMX bike. Most kids, like Ryder D, like that kid's really dope too, and like the people position them to be arch rivals. Um, you don't see him backflipping a BMX bike. You don't see him doing yeah. tail whips. I think Brian, like that might be Hayden's thing. Is like, I'm not just a dirt biker. I'm like all things bad. Like, like I can, I can flip a BMX bike. I go to Woodward. I can do tail whips. Like I was into scooters when I was a kid. Like he has this crazy skill set of just life in general. Like the kid can do a mm. lot of things. And maybe that's like Moto's like, he's an elitist but he's also like, how many kids do you see backflipping a BMX bike at 14, 15 not a whole lot mm. right and he's a he's kind of like a, a triple threat right like I think yeah. that's where he gets off on maybe that that life is where I'm, I'm not just a dirt biker where like typically like you said in dirt biking Eli Tomac is just a dirt biker yeah yeah right like Cooper Webb is just a dirt biker when he's 15 yeah we're like Hayden's like I'm going snowboarding he's kind of more has that Axel Hodges yeah like I do a lot of things really high level and I think that's bringing life to our sport and like my kid follows him and sees like I need to be dope on a BMX bike also right yeah. like I think that's good like I think well, that's good because I think that that like it's interesting you mentioned Axel because that's kind of one of the things in my mind when I was even saying that about Hayden is Axel kind of was that dude like he grew up riding with McGrath and he was around all these people but on the flip side of that it's like for him it, it's like his baseline of normal is like already at the top of the sport like you're almost maxed out so if anything that he does that is in his mind that's like above and beyond then it reaches this level here and then that's like what you've seen with Axel and oh. and because he was so so desensitized man just so desensitized to what would make a normal kid froth out was just like his everyday shit yeah i went to powder mountain it was a, a one-off race in utah axel was on a crf 150 and like he hung was hanging with mcgrath and pingree and and guys that like you know and i'm i'm tagging along with the crew as well and he's you know 14 hanging out with us racing and you know it he wasn't that good of a racer. He had like gnarly speed on camera with iPhone vids with pH filming him and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But like he was trying to follow the norm, like that Behrman Axel, like that was the era. Like 
you have to follow this path. There's only one path. And like that path was, was what it was. And I think Hayden though, like he has the path, he has the results. He has like mm. the Loretta Lynn's titles where Axel won the C-class title at Loretta's. Yeah. Like he was the C-class stunner. Which for those of you listening means <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it means nothing. Yeah. But you know, he was hated on because he, everyone thought what he had was because of his brother being the monster team manager. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's clear to say in the last three years, he's earned the fact that like monster be writing fat checks, whether his brother was signing him or not. Right. He's earned everything he has. But when you're a C class writer with a monster lid, it's quite confusing. <laughs> 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 like, like, like I'm a huge fan of Axel Hodges and what he does like on and off the track with his chick on her social, whatever they're doing as a couple, I'm a fan on yeah. fan of. Right. But like Hayden Dingen is on another level as a racer at 15 year olds than Axel Hodges was. Axel yeah. Hodges was an enthusiast. Hayden Deegan has a chance to be a future champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a cool take on it. And the the thing with Axel too, man, like his mark that he will leave on the industry is huge. Him, and, him and Berriman, full game changer. Like I look at like Kalana Humphreys, the, you know, um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the young kid. Yeah, yeah. Probably be the next Axel. Probably be the next Berriman. He's in that crew. He's kicking around. And it's like, hey, his dad's a fucking gnarly businessman. Yeah. And it's like, do you want your kid to go into the field and be like the stack racer, dude? Or, oh, or man. man, like, hey, this whole Berriman fucking Hodges thing. We There's no next kid for that who's the next who's the next so axel I, who's the next I, oh this is this is a this is a good topic man here's my take on it it's a lot of people try to like oh i'm gonna be a free rider i'm gonna be lifestyle there's a smaller window of making a living doing that than actually racing yeah because you have to do things no one else can do right like that uh, there's a couple kids on social globally that like crush it like doing free riding right a lot of who else is it there's that Gordon Eck or something. He's a kid. Such Gordon that, Eck. He's pretty legit. You know, like I think uh, um, G-O-R-D, I think Eck. He's he's like, sold, he's one of, he does like, a, he copies Axel, right? Like, but he's insane on a bike. What's his Instagram? Let me check it. Um, the kid does really good, good, I mean, gnarly stuff on a bike, good style. But how do you quantify that, right? Like. How do you make that into something and become like undeniable? Yeah, because you know there's oh, not. Yeah, here we go. We, yeah, we, we got sorry. Him. Yeah, Gordon Keck. Sorry, like I don't even. I don't even know his dude. One hundred seven thousand. No, he does some. Let's watch some of his shit. He does quick. some really cool stuff, but it's very Axel Hodges esque, right? Yeah, um, which was bound to happen. No, no, and, and I'm not. I think it's insane. But how do you quantify in that, like, you know, to making um dude, a does business? He, does he run O'Neill because of buttery? You know, O'Neill's <laughs> aggressive. O'Neill's aggressive, and like that's gnarly. Like that's that's a huge. That's a big gap. fucking hit. Yeah, and if you case that, you're done. <laughs> like the kid has stees. How um, old would this kid be? I think 22, 21. He was a, tried to be a racer. Like yeah. Um, he was about like Axel, right? Like just off the cuff of being good. But how good's his style? The kid's Dude. got good style. Yeah, he rips. But, um, you know. Oh, <laughs> dirty. Yeah, the kids got Steez, man. Like uh, I like the jersey thing too, yeah. 2K47. He hung with, I think he was like part of Buttery's crew early, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, 
and buttery that he's businessman dude hit follow on this kid for me too Ronan. and that would be fucking cool yeah yeah i mean i think that that's kind of the thing that um the like the worst thing that you could do as a kid that's like wanting to follow the Berryman and wanting to follow the axle path is think that they just got what they got because of ph or because of dirt shark or because of Twitch or, yeah like you have to understand that Berryman got what he got by being a fucking savage for years and years and years and years and that's the thing is like i think that yeah like by the looks of it that kid could be fucking dope but it's like you've got to do everything else man like so, beerman i i want to apologize to him right now in 2011 i signed Bearman to orange brigade ktm mm. okay and i was that guy straight up like you're a racer you have to ride for me you're gonna train hard you have to be selfish i put him in a box because i I personally wanted him to perform for me mm. and KTM North America. I'm not like some square box guy, but that was my job. And I was like fascinated by performing in this corporate structure. I took him mountain biking and making him throw up. And like, he just wasn't that kid, but I was forcing him into this box. And essentially he was flipping me off. Like he hated where he was at, but he thought the industry was telling him to be there. This is right when he started doing stuff with DC and I was telling him, if you want to perform, you need to be selfish. You need to you need to tell DC no. I was telling him everything he sh- like. Thank <laughs> God he didn't listen to me, man. <laughs> so Tyler, thanks for not believing in me. <laughs> like, because like, he is one of I'm the biggest fan because he's a good person. Like this kid, don't know him. Is he cool? I don't know. Yeah, but. Tyler is cool. Yeah. Like Tyler has relation. You don't know. You're not going to be one person that thinks TB is a dick. No, a hundred percent. And the work he put it's, in, it's honestly confusing. He's that cool. Yeah. Just like, I don't, I didn't get it. How he's, the fuck are you like this? The diversity he's felt he's faced with injuries. You know, he's as core moto as you can get. And he played the long game. There's got a couple guys that I have to say were very influential in his life. West, uh, West Verb Moto Crew. Yeah, Ryan um, Walters. Ryan Walters. Yeah, the Deaf family early on took him like racer, like your your Deaf fam. Yeah, and um, dude, he's taking he takes every opportunity and makes it what it is. He doesn't just make a post. He he puts sweat equity in. He goes to events. He travels. He spends money. He's invested into himself to. Oh, I want to be in that comp. I'll drive to New York and be. In, I'll drive across the country thirty six. I'll get there. Mm-hmm. That's TB where these kids that just want to put on an Instagram post and then go party. Like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like yeah. he went and raced and suffered and cause he, he wanted to show that he's core. Tyler Behrman is as core and Axel Hodges is as core as it gets to moto. They love what they do. Mm. They don't do it for any other reason that they love it. And that's why it's easy to them. Mm. All people see is that it's easy to them. Like that kid's got Steve's this Gordon cat kid. And it's obviously not too hard for him, but he's missing something because you mm. never heard of him no, you're in it right yeah. like um tb axel they love it they breathe it they live it but they don't do it half ass. like no. if you're gonna be making a mark in this game and free riding you have to do something that they're not yeah and i mean Corey creed i'll show you his very own dude he's legit but yeah. he don't do what they do yeah and yeah. like he's tried right like he's like once again like those guys have a certain certain aspect of their life that they just live a little 
gnarlier than everyone else. Yeah, and there's a there's a uh, a thing to staying in the game, and like buttery even, dude. Buttery has been around <laughs> forever, dude. Yep, it, like it's I not remember, overnight. It's not overnight. Fuck no, man. And I mean. I think that's like one of the things too. Like even I mean, fuck, you could even say the same thing about me. Like I'll be in this shit. <laughs> me forever, too, man. You know? so, P- people yeah. think I'm better. Like my results are better than they were because I just weathered the storm. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like I had a cool rad like thirty to forty year old racing career doing really cool stuff because of the platform with KTM. Yeah. But like most guys at thirty have to like get a real life, right? And like, and you just stayed in it. I stayed in it, kept grinding, and and that's TB. He stayed in it. Axel, um, Axel stayed in it. Like they told him he should stop. Yeah, he's like, no, I, I, I got, I, I love it. And luckily, he had a family just like TB that backed his his passion. So when your family starts, this it costs a lot of money to keep a motorcycle running and to travel and to do this stuff. So like everyone that backed Tyler and everyone that backed you know Dirt Shark and Axel and the projects, like those two have battled each other out to raise the game like Red yeah. Bull Monster Axel TB like there is someone next and like Kealani is it Kealani Humphrey Kealani yeah I Kealani, Kealani, yeah. Kealani like with the DBK crew like the that's old, what I mean it is a lane though now it that is wasn't a lane there. like just just because literally what you said just because of Axel and TB Monster and Red Bull there is now a lane there and mm-hmm. it used to be FMX yep. and I mean dude that's kind of like this crazy crossroads that Axel and, and Berriman were sort of faced with like thank god best whip happened oh. Be- best whip saved the free ride freestyle deal because that gave a paycheck like X Games Gold gave a paycheck for these dudes like Corey as well and then mm-hmm. Step Up as well uh, sorry, quarter pipe a quarter pipe is what I meant oh. to say so that that saved these these guys and now it's created this this industry now we've got this like proof of concept of just what a guy like Berriman can do in terms of like video projects for Red Bull and then what they can uh, a guy like Axel can do for Monster so there is gonna have to be like this next thing but it's cool you know like you could have that like that um, Kalani Humphreys could, yep. could be like that kid there is a path for that now I, I agree and, and as you're saying that Cole Seeley is a guy yeah. Like in Supercross, right? How ama- I mean, that guy's just fluid in his style and like his platform is just over. He has style like in life, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? He's a style cat. Yeah. But in the hills and on like Red Bull, like TB's project Red Bull did, he's average. Mm. That shows you the difference and then how successful Cole is. He's a podium guy in Supercross. Yeah. Race you, winner in a 450 yes, class. Yes. Yes. And when you go up against a guy like Behrman and Axel, it's clear who has bigger cojones in than the other guy right like yeah. Vicky Golden is a bad bitch and she the <laughs> the gnarliest chick in the world living yep she she is... makes Seely look silly at that project and I'm not thinking nothing that's nothing make, taken away from no, Seely but like TB and and Axel they they do things that level like Instagram doesn't do it justice Fuck right no, like dude. it like that's what people need to realize like if you want to be lifestyle and like make a living you have to go in have you seen the farm jam jump that tyler did oh yeah it's ridiculous man <sighs> bro being being in, in on new zealand that, new zealand yeah, right yeah fifth gear wide open on a 450 yeah just, just they like, are nah, man. they are to moto what um like they are the closest thing to snowboard guys yeah because snowboard guys like their true passion like 
I mean, it's different than surfing, but they, like I watched that, that Travis Rice platform that was in, um, that, that Red Bull, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, contest. Yeah. And it's like, I, I want to see a heads up contest contest with these guys, like not a Red Bull project or monster project. I'd like to see a legit contest someday where it's um, like Maddo's original one down in Oz. Where yeah, X-Ray. X-Ray. I think, I think Robbie yes, Marshall won that thing. Dude, that <laughs> shit was so sick. Yeah, man. like not not a, not a, like that TB thing, like I wish Axel was there. I've heard some rumors that his camp didn't want him to go because it would help. Help Red Bull, yeah. Head Red uh, whatever. I, and, and I can't disagree really, but like yeah. when do we put it aside and just like, let's go just have the best guys yeah, the shine. rising tide floats all boats kind of approach. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, like I said, I I can see, but yeah, I want like they they're there. Like mm. there's there the guys are there. Like well, look at Red Bull Rampage. That's been a staple event for so long, and that's been like because if you've got an event, events have a way of legitimizing uh, those kind of programs because it like, weeds out the the posers. Yeah, true. And it gives people an opportunity to like, okay, you can go away for a year and you can train knowing full well what you ha- what awaits you in that fucking desert in Utah. And you can <laughs> yeah. you can go there on your own yep. and you can fucking sack up and absolutely send the shit out of it. And you can make a career for yourself. But as we say that, you said the word event. That's why we go racing, right? Yeah. Like that's why we go racing. Like that's the, the 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 free ride concept is is free like no comp but like we all go back to want to see the best free rider because it's not based yeah. off like no, no I, yeah, I we yeah, all want yeah, it yeah. And then, but then the racing base is based off competition like, yeah but there's something about the reason why is because competition brings out like for it, me it elevates for me in jiu-jitsu dude i cannot fight the way in, in that i fight in a competition in the gym i just don't have it in me like i mean i can get pretty well there but as soon as it's a comp man and i've got like it's like green light you can literally break this dude's arm i'm like cool there's something that fucking happens man i I can't i mean and i I just don't i can't i don't want to lose and then like you it's a feeling right you chuck that in to like whether it's free ride yeah it's free ride but it's like you put in that that thing you give people that green light and you make it so like you can lose fuck man that does things to that does things to the brain yeah colby raha and that's another guy mm. right like like colby Ra- like rockstar monster red bull they all have the right guy i really feel they all have the right guy yes right like there's no i can't think of anyone else that like should be in those places globally like raha is gangster he's as core and gritty as it gets who's the next guy like we'll see like mm. i think you know it's gonna take some balls some relationship building like raha used militia right as his platform he had spikes on his shoulders like he's made a statement he made a statement quarter pipe he didn't do he showed up and went to play right mm. like like that first quarter pipe he he i think did he beat axel or got second to axel like in in quarter pipe no one the globe didn't know who he was a few yeah, guys from california yeah, yeah. knew this this punk ass kid he's not a punk in person but he portrayed this yeah. metal militia type mantra that allowed him to have a have a platform so we'll see who the next guy is man just like the next supercross guy comes down to you like you said the competition yeah yeah 100 percent, man we should get we'll yeah. get back into soupy go can you get back to that um first tab there dude um yeah the the fucking to to keep talking about old kenny boy i wonder because osborne said as like osborne's famously now said that 
change having a kid and being a father is what led to him winning championships and now you've got ken who's again leading the championship but this time he's leading the championship feels a little different to the red plates that he's had in the past and this is the first time as a dad so i i wonder how much that is playing into the the 2021 ken roxon I think a lot. I think having a kid, you know, like gives you that hall pass. If I, if you ask me to come do something with you as a mate and you're like, hey, hey, Sleater, come ride. I'm like, oh, it's Mason's got a, a, a school function. You're not going to give me any shit. Yeah, true. You're, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, like, hey, I'm hanging out with the kid. Like, that's a great hall pass to be focused, mm. right? And we know Courtney, Ken's wife, is as focused and like knows what it takes for Ken to perform. So I think a lot of a lot of things that were to take Ken's time away. Cause he's like a Tyler Behrman that wants to please everyone. Mm. I think now this, this, this child has allowed him to like, nah, man, I love being a dad. Like I would no, want nowhere place rather to be than be with, you know, my son and my wife. And I think that's allowed a lot of things to change and mm. I'm just speculating. Right. And like Blake Savage is his trainer and brother-in-law and like, you know, they, there's a lot of dynamics that he just loves where he's at, I think. Mm. And, and in fatherhood's even, emphasize emphasize that and even more to where having a, a baby and and you know i got to go mountain biking before i came with him and to see his focus and how much he just wanted to get home to be with his son like that's rad right like that as a dad myself like it it makes me proud to call ken a friend and to see what he's doing yeah on on a global stage with his skill set that we all know he deserves so i think he's got more fire like he's he wants to win for his son and his family yeah yeah i mean obviously i can't speak to it but i mean i can see the the extra accountability and it's like tomac won the championship last year first season as a father yeah that's right so i mean kenny first season as a father and he's looks different like it's this is different like the I said in the the show that Jay with Jay Wilson before the season started, it was all speculation, oh, I, I, and I and I said I'm like I don't know that we see 2017 Ken, I don't know that we see that speed, but there is a version of Ken that can be on the box every other weekend, every weekend, pop out a race win here or there, and that gets a championship done. That's like a Dungey style way. Like we've got the data that shows that that's a way to win the championships in the modern era, but now. 2021 Ken on this 2021 Honda is like pretty much the 2017 dude that is laying down these ridiculous laps in main events and like deep into main events. And on the weekends where he can't be that guy, he's being the Dungey dude. So we're almost getting like the best of both both worlds. worlds. Dunge never had that blazing like first couple lap speed that Ken has. And to your point, we lost for a couple of years that swagger, like that turn down elbow drop, like scrub yeah. from right to left. It was very square box, Ken, yes. right? And if you talk about a child coming into your life, usually that slows you down, like square makes you more of a square box. Yes, you're more focused. Yes, you're more calculated. Yes, you're better long game. So you might lose that like flair. Mm. And then we didn't lose. We gained more we flair. Got, we got flair. We got more sauce. We got more sauce. And on the mount, I can tell you on a mountain bike, dude, the guy could be a pro EWS racer. No shit. Like he's doing T-bogs 
like free ride and I'm stressing for him. We're on our, I'm, I'm <laughs> on e-bikes together and he's, you know, doing low tempo workouts, but it's low tempo as far as output up homies sending, sending it. it because he's comfy doing that. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's, he, you, you, I listened to that, 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 those predictions on the last episode, man. And he, I wouldn't have disagreed with you, but what we're seeing is something that's very calculated per round. Yeah. And man, honestly too, like the, the thing everybody knows, I love Ken. It's not a secret that that's my horse in that class. You know what I mean? Like it's Kenny, it's AC, it's Dino, it's Ando. There's some, there's the homies that are in there, but like, I will always try to be a realist about it. And it was like, we saw Kenny get that win. And I was like, dude, I'm so happy for it. I sent him an email. I'm like, I'm so happy for <laughs> yeah. it. Hey, I still wasn't giving him the championship after that that yeah. win. But you know what? The thing that really where I was like, okay, was his move on Barsha for that second win. Oh, first lap. It was either the first or second lap. And he just, he made the pass and was just like, hey, peace, bitches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah and, I'm out. And that pass back on Tomac, right? When he flew off yes, the track. Yeah. When he, when he started being, yes, assert, when he started right being, there. when he started being assertive, like not dirty, assertive, like Barsha assertive to like my speed, like you're in my way. I have more pace than you. Yeah. When Ken starts showing these guys, he has more pace. He starts breaking them. Yes. And his, his, that comes with cardio, right? He's able to sit on red for a little longer than them because when he goes like, he was being too nice early. Like mm. he was early season. He was too nice and was taking too much time. Then he started getting in their pace and couldn't yeah. get away. Yeah. But we, they, the class knows if King gets out front, it's the, it's going to be almost not possible to catch him. Right. Um, last round in Orlando, he couldn't get to the front. Was it JB? JB uh, was in his Brighton life. of all people. And it, I think Ken knows if he could have got by JB earlier. Race. Is it a different race? But he yeah. didn't. Yeah. He, did, he Coop got a two for one, like you said. Dude, that's the pass of the season. Yep, you said 100, 100%. That move, I was like, damn, Coop is here to fuck tonight. That was, that was racecraft. That was aggression. That was balls. That was talent. That was everything that we watched Supercross for in one corner that, of the track. That is cooper webb yeah right all those things he doesn't come to make friends no nah. the fr- there's a, a friendship line ended when he got his ama pro license <laughs> like cooper webb needs no friends in that starting line he comes to win collect a paycheck and get home yeah right like he's not there for for likes for posts he's there to do a job if those if that job comes with those things he'll do it but that guy comes to play yeah and he's gonna come to play until he's not and he's out yeah dude 100 percent. and i've been around coop in party situations i've been around him at like lunches and dinners he's a fun dude he's a funny guy he can talk shit with the best of them like he is a really really cool person away from the dirt bike track he don't bring any of that to work yeah nothing yeah there's a there's an old saying you know um uh Doug Shapinsky, when he ran Bridgetown, he runs Pirelli now. Tony Alessi, as we know, was a crazy mini bike dad. Yeah. He would come to the track with Michael. And he said, if Michael worked at McDonald's, would you come to work with him? Yeah, true. You don't bring your shit. If you're really going to work, you don't bring your, 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 your family or your shit with you. Yeah. Cooper comes to work and he does the best job for his employers and fans that he can. And I thank you for that. 
Yeah, no, you, you're so right, man. Like, he is the example of the guy that is there for no other reason than to get the bag and leave the track. Yeah. That's exactly what he's there to do. And he, he wants to, like, do anything possible. Like, dude, one of my moments of the season, right? Was it the pit board? The, bro, dude. Give me that. Gives me goosebumps, bro. Give me that every single race. I want to see uh, that guy to me. That's the coolest thing ever. And like, man, there's people like there's big people <laughs> that are watching that. Like it, as high level as it gets in sport in general, message me going like big dick energy. Yeah. That And like fans of that shit. Yeah. Like, I, and I, you don't I need got to- goosebumps, man, because that he can back it up. Right. He can back it up. And then and like, you can't Ken respects him he don't like him probably but he respects him because he shook, shook his hand dude think of think about that as well right you've got to go like to speak out of school here Ken Ken and Coop have like a lot of history yeah there's probably zero love between those two dudes can you imagine being such a fucking badass <laughs> that a guy that really doesn't like you is down to walk up and shake your hand after every single race. Yeah. You, I love it because it gives the gives the youth and us as fans yeah. something to strive for and go, these guys are men. They they risk their lives every lap and they respect each other. This isn't child's play. And mm. I love it, right? It, it, these guys are just savages. And to see where the sport's at with with respect and 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 just all out just want they want it more than the other one right mm. like Cooper wants it more than Kenny in his eyes and Kenny wants it more than Coop in his eyes and you can tell the guys that don't want it Justin Brayton does not want it as bad as them mm. he'll tell you he's in a different position he's a different life. season yeah different season of life right yeah but there's a f- about 14 other dudes that really feel they want it more than the other guy and Man, that's rad honestly I think that Coop and Kenny are the ones that want to win this championship. And I think that's it. And that's like a heavy thing to say. And that's, I that's think Barsha, not, can you, I can think Barsha's naive enough to really want to think he can win it. Yeah. I, I would like, <laughs> as, as I said that Barsha's like in, in my mind. Um, I can't believe but, we're not saying Tomac cause I'm not going to say it. No, nah, I'm not saying it. Like I was, so the thing, <laughs> the next thing I was about to say is there's other guys that can win and could probably make me eat those words by winning the championship. But, like, in terms of the two dudes that are on the line, like, I honestly thought the thing that could unravel Ken um, from winning this title, and it might still be because we haven't got to Daytona yet, right? Ken looks desperate to win. And sometimes, like, you know when you're with a chick and if you're, like, desperate for that chick, yeah, like, sometimes that chick's going to be like, man, I just don't want to be there. Like, But if you don't give a shit... Yeah, they want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, there's, there's, there, there can be mm-hmm. this desperation that can make you make poor decisions, and that can make you. Because I sort of think that Jet wanted it too bad, in, in, a, in a in a way. Like Jet was so desperate to win that he was willing to make poor decisions. And I think that I sort of saw that same thing with Kenny. And after so after the race with Dean and his reaction and like the the weekend before i i was like oh i don't know that this is a good thing like we're real early in this championship and for you to be blowing up like there's a lot of passion in that and i get it but it's like it might be desperate and it might be the bad kind of desperate and whereas with coop 
I don't think that you see desperation. I think you just see burning desire. And there's not a lot of doubt behind that desire because I think that this is me being a dog shit psychologist, but it's like doubt kind of is what leads to desperation in a way is because like you om- you want it so bad, but you almost don't know if you're capable of getting it. Whereas Coop has just straight desire. He knows he can get it. He's got it before and he wants it again. So I think that there's like psychologically, no, like I, there's just some really tiny differences there that I think could lead to like big outcomes. But can he squash that? Yeah, yeah, he squashed it. And there's two riders that come to mind I, that will back your theory: uh, AC and Osborne, mm. right? Like two guys that are desperate. I know, and I wish AC was more transparent with what what happened in the. Yeah, he's way more hurt than he lets on. Yeah, like he doesn't. He's not a quit. Not he's not quitting, but he doesn't fade. He's he, not. He's not fighting for position nah, in the same way that he would. Something's up, and I wish like we just had more transparency because that's what made me a bigger fan of him than I ever was because he was transparent. He speaks well. And mm. yeah, but to your point, like Kenny was that Dean Wilson incident. You see him lose his cool in that moment and freak the F out. But I don't, I know I wouldn't handle it any better. Right. But he handled the moment wrong on the track. Like he freaked out on the track. Yeah. Like he freaked out out of urgency because in to defend Kenny, how would you not? The guy that's had your number in that kind of position is going, is trying, his history is getting ready to repeat itself again, again, yeah. dun, dun, dun. Yeah. you know, and it's like Cooper Webb's there and I've seen Cooper Webb do that since he's 14. Like he doesn't have that urgency. Like you said, that desperation, he's still it's like thought, this. It's like a steadfast, like, confidence in his own ability yes and like even the thing with coop sorry to cut you off no you're fine the um it's what i do though but like even with coop like he don't even give a fuck how many laps he wins like he's the he's the epitome of doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile 100 and it's like he's from north carolina is it north carolina yeah, yeah. it's got like the southern family like <laughs> the southern son it don't matter if yep. you win by an inch or a mile and like that's honestly how he thinks like he just doesn't give a fuck it's literally he'll lead one corner of a race for the entire season win the championship the check's still the same yep. the bonus money's still the same yeah you might not be the dude that's like waxing the field hey again coop ain't desperate coop ain't thirsty he don't care man no. he is there to do one job and he isn't thirsty about it he seems like he's very confident in who he is as a person when mm. you do that kind of stuff like yeah, ever. he's always been like yeah, that man though. Since as, as a kid, yeah. When I when he was fourteen on a super mini JGR Honda, um, I just was getting back into the amateur scene, and I watched him wreck Dakota Alex, who I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Dakota's life's gonna change, and it doesn't. Right, yeah. like Dakota's gonna win this title, and Cooper passes him last turn, <laughs> and like it's just his mantra and his and the and this this that sneaky little like waving finger i won like he does that and it's like you can't argue the fact that he he's he's calculated borderline arrogant right he, he is 100% in in the he is arrogant in the sense that you should be arrogant yeah, he, as that guy you know he's earned it and as a competitor it makes you cross the line with your racecraft to break that 
mm. right? And then that will end up breaking you. Like yeah. Kenny, it's, it, it, Kenny's finally changed that narrative, right? Yeah. He was letting emotion in, in the want to beat Cooper than rather just being faster than Cooper. Yes, yeah. And now he's become faster than Cooper at moments more than Cooper has, right? Yeah. And it's 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 going to be a dogfight, I think. Like Cooper came through the pack this weekend. A little, you know, he came from like seventh or something. But if Kenny gets clean air, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And I think if Cooper gets clean air, it's going to be tough. Man, it's funny. So we had a jiu-jitsu fight night and a couple of our black belts and brown belts competed at this fight night. And uh, one of our black belts is uh, in this match and a guy's attacking his foot, like really like ripping ligaments. His foot popped out, like his ankle popped out. Mm. One of our brown belts who just won fucking smashed the dude, yells out in the crowd. And it's like, there's only 50 people because of COVID. Yep. It's like this thing. It's on like this live stream. And he's like, Brazilian dude, we don't tap to foot locks at our gym. And like our, our boy is there getting his foot fucking popped out. Didn't tap. And like to me, that's sort of like the Cooper fucking pit board thing is like red plate. And it's like, because if you make a call like that, you got you to gotta have some shit in yeah, the there, bank to cash there's, there's that a call, check. There's a call to action. Yeah. And I think that that's Coop's deal. You know what I mean? It like, almost, he, he almost makes himself, he sends an email yeah. that he has to follow up on. Yeah. Right? Like, he's <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, because you can't, you can't make that kind of call without the cash in the bank. No. And and you're either you're either a poser, and that shit gets seen through real quick, or you Cooper Webb, and you've got the money in the bank to cash those kind of checks because you know, man, that like if I'm freaking out over that, and I've got like people from all over the world sending me messages like, how fucking cool is it? <laughs> like people oh. freaking out over that. It's like it sends a message, yeah. man. Whether you and and. 100% if you ask Ken if you ask Eli if you ask AC if you ask all those dudes if like hey what do you think when, when Coop pulls that kind of shit nah it doesn't affect me man bullshit eh, wrong <laughs> it's either it, it, it's gonna if they even if they don't believe it they thought about it 100% right you, like, you change their pre-race routine yes like you you, you change what you were thinking like yes. if I'm focusing on this turn and manual on this bump and oh shit his pit board says red plate okay where I'm out on the track that's yeah. you've changed the thought process for that long that's all it takes at that level dude uh, you honestly could not have <laughs> said, said that any better it's, it's uh yeah the Cooper Webb thank you for being you dude 100% and man we're we're creeping up on Daytona Daytona is where Kenny's season kinda took a bit of a dip last year I think that the Kenny that took a dip last year is not we don't have that dude we got a different dude yeah. so but history, and he's not like a supercross only guy like people kind of think of him as that but Ken, he's a GP racer yeah like he has that crafty like outside like he's not a McGrath like, like I said he's not just a supercross guy I'd arguably he might be a better outdoor guy than he is supercross guy so well, he's a champ there yeah so I think there's a chip on him to like get that back right mm. like when it comes to that creative bike craft and manualing and soft touch and like you know i think cooper's in between like cooper's the stereotypical like elbows up head over the bar like crunch your tummy lock the abs like he's how you teach someone to fundamentally ride a dirt bike and then eli and kenny have like this crazy race craft feet on the pegs in a weird way that's unteachable yes right so it's going to be a really cool thing because we know tomac's going to be strong Coop's going to be strong. Ken's going to be strong, but there's one wild card. 
Zach Osborne. Yeah, 100%, man. Zach Osborne's coming in Daytona like outdoor national champion. Yeah. He's going to he, be, he's he's gonna be just, flapping off the yeah, back of that yep. thing. The, the, sitting on that back seat. just <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's funny. Like, so you say that about, um, you say that about Coop, uh, Eli, and Kenny, right? So, yeah, you've got Cooper on the bike is all the stuff you can teach. So you can teach Coop how to ride. You yep. can teach Coop all of those things and he's taken them on and he's applied them and then you got kenny and eli that they got the stuff you can't teach you can't teach that shit but you know what what else coop's got coop's got the thing up here that you can't teach Can't teach that and man you want that that's the thing that you want and we know zach struggled with that right eli struggled with that and so is kenny yeah so if you're gonna bet on a horse you bet with the mind because yeah. the mind can overcome overcome a lot more than just raw talent. And man, and and you got to think too. Like, I mean, this is me being Cooper Webb. I only lost last year because I crashed at, at Atlanta. That's oh. that's the, dude. Can you like so Cooper I, Webb in his mind, two time Supercross champ, back to back. And that's why he thinks. You that's know, the is, way he does. He probably think. asked for the check. Yeah. Yeah, he, pro- he probably fucking texted Tomac and asked him for the trophy back. Or he sent him a DM like, hey, man, you got my trophy. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's the way that Coop thinks. So, like, can you imagine being that guy? And, like, so I've I've heard he didn't come into the season feeling good, like, at all. Like, really, really not well. Yep. And then the air shock deal that they were trying to get right. Yep. So, like, we've got a Cooper Webb that is well and truly in this championship at halfway. Yep. And he hasn't really had a good run at it, right? No, he's getting flowing now. He's flowing. Yeah, and and it's he's sort of peaking at the uh, the right time in the season. Yeah, I uh, I text his like his race coordinator Ryan Morris about that air shock, right? And Ryan's like arguably the best test rider there is in the game, except for you. But <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. You can't uh, say it, but I will. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I got to work with Ryan side by side, so I'd like to say we uh, we we helped make KTM what it is in 2020, 2021, and earlier on. But Coop's on the spring shock, and he wanted to be comfy. They're mm-hmm. still developing that, so I think that's badass that KTM gets out of the box, presses technology. They want to be better, so. He's back on that spring shock. He's probably back on that setting that helped him be the Tuesday nightmare to everyone, right? And, you know, you can't, as a business, like, always just have the same thing. So, like, I give them a lot of props for pressing technology, but he's happy and comfy now and a happy and comfy group. Bad news bears. Bad news bears for sure, man. I think think it's, it's game on for Cooper and Red Bull KTM and the way that Roger DeCosta, Ian Harrison, Ryan Morris, you know, Carlos, his mechanic, Frankie, that's the smallest. People don't realize how small that internal so team is. So tight, yeah. Yet they, don't, they have the leanest staff because they don't want, they don't want um, people in their way. Hey, cooks in the kitchen. Absolutely. There's no team within a team there. It's freaking a team. And yeah. they just they just do their thing and it's it's shown it's 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 proven. It's proven. So tell me about the air shocks. What is what what's what's going on? Because hey, when I was in America, when I used to go to the races, at twenty like, how would you know anything now you don't go to the races? Nah, 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 <laughs> fuck all. So twenty twenty twelve, I'm pretty sure was the year that Shorty was testing the air shock Dunge yep. was testing the air shock so this thing's been in the work for almost 10 years and they still haven't got it right what the fuck's going on with air shocks <laughs> the air shock it's it's i think really based off of um like a feel right and it feels really dead so like the character of it makes it like a, a spring 
has more it's more lively have you ridden on them yeah I got, I got to ride a lot and I rode it on the non-linkage bike I rode it on that bike that you know went flat on Dunge remember when it flat on the start yeah, line yeah. and all he had to do at that moment was just stand up and unweight it and it would have it would have got past that point of being Fuck dead I'm out. yeah yeah no, I don't blame him <laughs> yeah. at the time but like I'm sitting there knowing what it needed to do yeah, I'm like yeah. dude just go down the start straight and stand up right but anyhow um, it does it's got a very dead feel and it's a different feeling than like in sand it's unbelievable because it doesn't get that swing yeah. that swap swing yeah but I haven't rode the obviously the 2021 Red Bull KTM shock that's clear right let me be transparent from my history in riding the air shock it has a feeling and a character that is unlike something else but I think it performs in areas better like when you clip a landing it doesn't sprint like to have that pop yeah right okay but when you're going oh, th- you I know, know the dead feeling it's yeah like, okay. it's like a yeah, dead yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like it's yeah, like dead yeah, so yeah it absorbs when it doesn't feel like you have a shock travel. The bike doesn't ever feel like it moves up and down. So I think what happens is when you start as a team manager, you're on the stopwatch, right? Or trainer and they put the air shock on. I think on the watch, they're faster. They're faster mm. because the bike's working better in certain circumstances, but the feeling isn't as comfortable possibly. And maybe I'm, not I'm as consistent. assuming, okay. And I'm assuming, and that's right. Dirt to dirt. I think the air shock is more critical. So, you know what? I, I, I commend Red Bull KTM, the, the KTM group, for pressing technology. And, and I think pressing technology, if Cooper would have gone on a run, right, mm. early. On that shock. On that shock. And Ken Roxon can't get an air shock. Yeah. It, or someone else. I think even Dean Wilson wasn't allowed to test it. They oh, only really? had a, a few allocated, right? Yeah. So I think Dean, he wanted it because he couldn't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And now Cooper's back on it and wins on it. So maybe now Dean's thinking, oh, I'm good. Well, right? Did he win on the air? Did Coop win on an air shock? No, he won on the spring. So he won back on the spring. So okay. you know that thing's not going back on this season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking crazy to me that they would even put it on Cooper's bike. Like, if it was in any way, shape, or form a doubt. But obviously, it wasn't a it doubt. It wasn't a doubt. And I think that that air shock going off data, we know Alden Baker's data-driven. Yeah. Right? And and if they're going through the motions in the Baker's factory and data is showing he's faster on the air shock, they're going racing with an air shock. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming these things. No, and it makes it because in my head, I was like, man, is KTM just like that into the innovation side of things that they are going to put their, their top horse out on something that he isn't comfortable on? Or was it like to what you said to where he just was doing better until he kind of wasn't, I guess? Yeah. And I think, you know, each, each track has its own dirt, its own elements and I mean, Cooper looked better in the whoops this weekend than he has mm. cons- no, you don't think so? <laughs> no, it was. It was a, just a different whoop section. Yeah, yeah. He, I think whoop, I, I just don't think anyone looked that good in that whoop section. I think that it was short enough that if you just fucking sent it, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. it was just one of those whoop sections. How about, I mean, yeah, you had Barsh. I think Barsh was on the air shock, though. Is he? Yeah, he's on the air shock. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Barsh has been on the air shock and been happy. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, I mean, I think it's dude. Did you see Bosch's double knack moment in the? There was the no, the, not even just the double knack. <laughs> he did the double knack and then run next yeah, to it. Yeah. But then the first time he jumped, he he tried to go like three five. He was behind went, Osborne. Yeah, and he said, <laughs> "We're all in here, just kind of like, oh no, what the yeah, fuck?" He he definitely um, he's not a jumper, so like it's hard when you're when you start mm. someone jumping through the whoops like Osborne is and Cooper is, and then. 
you're a hammer and you see them pulling you. So the next time you send it and it's such a different craft, right? Like jumping yeah. through hoops and you know, I mean, God, he, he's, he's a cat. He, he's a cat. He just runs like literally runs next to a 450 and hops back on. Hey, thank fuck for Justin Barsha. Yeah. This has been one of my favorite seasons to be a fan of Justin Barsha ever. Like I, the, the class, the 450 class is better he's like the um who who is he like he's like the high school football jock yeah but he's like actually a good dude he's like yeah. the, he's like the rough around the edges like he's like the johnny manzel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like he, our non-partying johnny manzel he he's 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 uh he's reinvented himself he's justin supercross yes he's <laughs> he he i mean and this is nothing on any apparel that he's wearing when wearing before but he looks way better. The Leo Bryce. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, 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 the Alpine Summer looks like, a, look like, looks like a toilet seat. Yeah, <laughs> he took the yeah, toilet seat yeah. off his neck. Yeah. Man, um, you, you, and the Arai helmet's gone. Like, those are extremely safe pieces of equipment. The Arai helmet, Alpine Summer neck brace. But Justin looks better without it. I'm just saying aesthetically. Yeah, but not, do you think that much of that's to do with the bike, though? I think just reinventing himself. He's worn a neck donut since Millsaps had that stupid foam thing around him, yeah. and, and then now he puts the. Because I, I have always wanted to protect the rim of my helmet. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh my god, that's that's called Georgia technology. There. <laughs> Georgia tech. <laughs> Georgia tech. But he's just like then TK, like TK as in Tyler Keefe's team manager. He's young. I think he needed a to, like something all new that he could own like as in like Justin yeah and I think you know Justin's teaching Tyler Tyler's teaching Justin yeah I think everyone around that team's all in like all in Richard Simmons the crew chief Jay Burgess who's kind of like crew chief semi crew chief with uh, Michael Mosum's mechanic it's a very lean staff um you got you know uh Hunter Falk it's such a small team yeah and Justin's thriving on this like non-corporate like they're a punk rock OEM and they're, and what's rad. The KTM group is marketing them like as the, that, as that. And they're owning it on and off the track. The message is very clear. Like mm. me and you want to ride a gas gas because it's like who we are. Yeah. Right. I'm going to try to get one. Like, yep. like, Oz, like I want to, I want to, <laughs> yeah, I want to get like, Look a, at the camera yeah, inside. I want a 350 gas gas, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm might get an Enduro one, turn it into an SX, you know, 350 MC and, and have fun on it because that brand is who I resonate with yeah. right now. Right. Yeah. Like all the bikes are good, but the message they're telling me is that, that if you're fun and you're, you want a rad bike and it's blood red and it looks cool that's the bike for you and right yeah. now Justin's owning that and making the bike look good and shit dude he is just he's he's he that that A1 statement of going out in the fake race yeah and winning and then backing it up at H1 like like wow like Jeremy <laughs> yeah. hey hammer nice moves right <laughs> yeah and then couple bad races two or three bad races and then he has pace like it's not like he's getting a whole shot and there's carnage yeah he is with the top guys each and every and weekend. also not tripping on not winning yeah like when kenny passed him just try to get second he's like i wasn't as fast as him tonight dude you know what's fucking hectic <laughs> is how scared of basha eli tomac is 
He rode around that whole <laughs> right, like, are you yeah. serious? Yeah, yeah that like, right hand turn, he hey, could have... Eli, that ain't going to get done, bro. No, no. You got to risk it. That's like, a that's a gnarly dude. Like, that's, yeah. a, that, that's how you know you're a fucking savage. When you've got arguably the savage, savagest of savages, Eli Tomac. Oh. Like, nah, man, we're good. I don't need to pass you. That is crazy. He's at the farm hand. Right, like big hands, like you know, he's already going bald. Like, like dude, it's just gnarly. <laughs> yeah. And then Barsha's got his blonde. He's got locks. old man strength for yeah, twenty-two. Yeah, and, and the blonde locks hanging out the backs might as well be a middle finger to everyone. Right, yeah. like he is, he's the he's jived. He believes he is where he should be. Mm. Right, corporate Yamaha was not him. Like Star Racing Factory Yamaha could have been the right place for him, but the timing wasn't right. And I'm so stoked for like this whole Chorley Designs uh, Gas Gas Red Bull team because, and Justin because it seems it's great for us as fans because he a happy Justin Barsha is a, a very lethal Justin Barsha. Yeah, and it's a fun Justin Barsha yeah. to watch, and it elevates the class. It elevates the entire package that we see on a Saturday night. Yeah, because he's he used to be just Bam Bam, but now he's a fast like okay, this guy doesn't just smash me when I go by. Like he can, he's gonna pass me around the outside, inside. He's gonna pass me if he needs to pass me one way or the other. Yeah, the the thing too, which is pretty cool, is that it sort of seems like to what you were saying with gas gas is you see in football in american football that it's like they build a team around a quarterback very 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 true that's what's happening at gas gas is they and and it's not from a just a personnel standpoint it's not just from um the the brands it's literally the the culture it's coming from the the manufacturer gas gas is like okay this is our horse this is our guy we're gonna build this program to fit with his image, with his style, with everything that he is about. And can you imagine how good it would feel as an athlete like Justin Barsha? It's like it's like when you, you give an employee responsibility. You know what I mean? You're like, hey man, you're not just a number here. You're our fucking guy. You're the you're the dude. So we're gonna give you what you want. We're gonna build this up around you. You're gonna fly this flag for us. You're our horse in this race. We believe in you go and get it done and then Bosch is just going all right man i'll do that i'm gonna go and get it done for you guys and and that's honestly what it's looked like because i mean the factory yamaha dude it's just like hey man here's your number like this well, that, is your employee number very, check in check out really good insight because man i never looked at it like that and that's exactly what it is because look at dunge that team was built around dunge right like the roger de coster team yeah this red bull ktm team is built around cooper yeah Right, Marv- and they're very similar personalities, right? Yeah. So, so they built they built the team around Dunge, Ian Harrison. Hey, I ain't gonna go out with get loose on a night on yep. the beers with Ian Harrison or Roger Costa. They and Dunge is the same. Yeah. They got these personalities that are that are there, and they were like, who, which comp, uh, personality can complement yep. this rider? Coop's the same man. Coop doesn't need all of the extra stuff, nah. and it doesn't really come into the equation with him. But you get a guy like Barsha, like. He's been his own deal forever. He's never changed, man. And no, he's, he just obviously doesn't have it in him. He is just the guy that he is. And it's like, then you kind of put... Dude, I think that the TK thing, like having Tyler Keefe as a team manager, young dude, he gets it. And Tyler Keefe away from the track, actually cool as fuck. Like yeah, he's a really like Tyler, cool Tyler is dude. like a 60 year old man trapped in a mid 30 body, right? Like TK, TK, his passion 
hurt young riders mm. because he loves on riders so much, but as soon as they don't do what he's expecting of them, he gets upset because he wants takes it, it personal. He takes it personal. It's not at them, but when you're a young rider that are, and he's managing four young riders under 25, right? Mm. Typically, right? And he's trying to put energy into all of them and you don't, you, you can't. So he was loving on McElrath more than others and the other guy resents him and Tyler doesn't have the best track record for making someone a star. Sean Cantrell, his mm. career ended. Mitchell Falk, his career ended. Like he doesn't have a successful track record as a building a champion, yeah. but he's a phenomenal person to get the most out of you, right? Mm. If he can focus on one person. Yeah. And yeah. look at you're talking about it. He's focusing on on Justin Barsha only and then like giving a little bit to the to the younger riders and I think that's enough that's all they need to have and let yeah. those let those crew chiefs kind of mentor them yeah, yeah. And, and, and and Tyler just really focus on what Justin Barsha needs and Justin Barsha wants that and it's it's almost like they're not trying to I feel like there's been this thing with everyone and with Barsha where they're like oh dude he's so fast he's this but we just got to reel this back in and then it's almost like it seems like gas gas is just like hands off the wheel yeah it's like justin they've trusted him not to be an idiot and so far this season there's been really no dumb shit that i i can say with basha where it's just like what the fuck are you up to i love like there's a couple moments that stand out in my head it's like this year is is obviously his his performance h1 was lights out but then the karate kick on mookie's bike very necessary and also like yes. it really worked it, yeah, yeah like that was it, that was like yeah. but it, that's a barsha move right <laughs> like 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 could you imagine tomac excuse me like yeah, the yeah. moto memes guy or whatever with the moto dubs like <laughs> doing different like excuse yeah. me my, your bike's underneath my bike can you yeah. get it off yeah. and then the, the the incident with with roxon but what he did with that he said i fucked up like he's like, yeah, like yeah. I came in hot. I didn't. Oh, that was a shit pass. Yeah. But but he went for it. But you when you go back and replay it, it's like Ken turned down quicker than Justin. Yeah. It was gonna be close even if he didn't turn down. But Justin owned it right away. Yeah, yeah. Right. Justin owns his actions now. Or yeah. you know, so I think you're right. Like they've built this team around Justin's actions, not trying to conform him to a. Yeah. And and if you like really look at the whole scenario the KTM group has right now. They have this like rockstar energy, like lifestyle brand, like yeah. as in like we ride for like culture brand. Yeah. Then you have Red Bull KTM, which is OEM as fuck, man. It's like <laughs> like Roger DeCoster. It it's his Euro as fuck. Yeah, like look at the poor hats that Cooper has to wear. Yeah. Like yeah. there, I mean, just go to like the team apparel is Euro. But if Coop, to be fair, if Coop was shopping for himself, wouldn't look any better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but. He, if you looked at uh, if you got oh, the, speaking of sorry I cannot fucking we can't talk about this without roasting Marv for that d the drip and then I also need to uh, to own the fact that I said that with drip like this you'll get 12 uh, gets a fucking podium but man terrible yeah. terrible yeah he, it's Marv <laughs> it was so Euro it was uh, insane oh it's I mean how about uh, speaking of like like the look Cooper's throwback to MC on the Bud Light KTM. Oh, wait, so I don't know if you know how f like infamous my rants against the new Thor gear have got. Oh, how fucked up is it that the best Thor gear in is 2021 19 is from 1998? 
well, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Like the Thor, the Thor as a brand is is oatmeal, no sugar, no apples, no no nothing. It's just oatmeal. Vegans won't even eat it. They won't. It's got. <laughs> it's got. It's it, gruel. It's uh it's bad. It's I was bad. thinking about this. I'm like, you know what would be a good business decision for Gypsy Tales though is like partner with Thor. <laughs> And let's just fucking help. Yeah. Let's just help. But like, he, we just talked about one of the most, the biggest rising star in Moto and Supercross, and he wears Thor gear. Mm. Like, they, they, whoever's at the helm there just writes the checks, and and no one knows. If you ask probably one out of ten, what kind of gear does Hayden Deegan wear? Or oh, yeah. Cooper Webb wear? They'd be like, I don't know. Ah. Dude, Thor it's used bland. to be... Thor used to be so MC, sick. MC, Pastrana, then with Chad Reed. Like Chad the, Reed, The dude. best of the best. When Fox had like that weird lull, yeah. like Thor gassed it, oh. and now they've like, they were on a Vespa putting it on people. Dude, the Thor helmet that they come out with, when you remember when they went to that new shape, it was like 04, 05, 06. Yep, they, yep. Oh, that thing was so with the, fucking With the colored dope. rubber around the... Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, it was, I think it was Reedy's Boost Mobile helmets yep. were always rad. Yep. And then, like, the PC helmets when mm-hmm. PC was on Thor. Even that gear was... What? Where? What? Yeah. What happened? They lost their designer, clearly. Yeah, well, fuck, man. Like, but there's... Dude, Instagram. Go on Instagram. There's a million people that can do super dope shit. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I actually think smart business move I've ragged on them for the last two years of Supercross Companions sign us up yeah yeah let's, let's, I'd wear Thor gear let's, let's flip the I'll script I'll test it we'll I'll, test it does, yeah, it, I'll does wear it. it work I don't know well, I, I would never wear it no it's oatmeal yeah dude have you oh, you probably don't get the reference but uh, we've got a here can you look up the rainbow paddle pop <laughs> yeah look up the rainbow paddle pop dude this is like a this is like a uh, very iconic Australian uh, icy pole ice cream. Yeah, here we go. That is Thor gear. Oh my god! That's literally the colorway that they fucking that 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 shit up there. That's literally the colorway that Thor went. They were like, yeah, cool, rainbow paddle pop, we could do it. And then the the other one that Colt Nichols and the boys were running on the podium the other night. It looks like when you get a a yellow highlighter. And you've just written down in black ink, and then you highlight straight oh, over the top yes, of the black yes. ink, and, and then the black like some, just yeah, runs yeah. all the way. That's the other gear that they it, have. It's it's gears in a weird place right now. I reckon. It Who's is, doing it right? Alpine stars for me. It's it's yeah. It's it. I like their model. It's like in the states. It's really it's a, it's like a sought after brand. But you can buy it, but you can't buy it. Like where do I get it? Yeah, like, true. Who, do I send my resume MX to someone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> MX store. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, there's a couple different ways. I'm anxious to speaking of gear. I'm anxious to see what Pete Fox is doing with Renan. Mm, he's like, actually coming on the podcast. Yeah, like that guy's. I mean, obviously, he's what we're talking about gear, and he's changed the game. How about speaking of? I think the worst kit of the year though is AC's a cow kit. Don't hate it. I like the pants. I like the color, but I don't like. Is it cow or is it is it camo? Can what we is look it? it up? We got to find that gear. Actually, I don't know that I'd wear it. The thing is, like with the what these guys are doing in Supercross is like they kind of get one night to wear one set of gear and I like that but if I got to think about it in terms of so like I I don't hate on it when it's like one night only novelty like this is for the main event looks fucking dope um probably dude actually just go there right that photo of that uh, of Colt go left go left yeah, yeah, that's your highlighter that's gear. That's the highlighter gear, dude. It literally looks like they've just fucking gone through 
with like fresh ink with the highlighter. I reckon AC's Instagram is probably where you're going to be able to see that. Um, but yeah, so for one night only wearing it, I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Like that's kind of cool. I but in terms of me putting it in my gear bag and like then washing it, putting on a clothesline at my house and then like there wearing it, it again. Yeah, I mean his setup, like the white boots, the white jersey, like like his whole setup is like his goggles. Even, I mean, he just looks good on a motorcycle. Oh yeah. But like, if that gear was just not cow print, like the jersey, but like the pant, no logos, yeah. the white boots. I mean, that it's so close to being perfect. And then it, it seems like it's like a big. Is the cat the the helmet almost a camo cow? Also, yeah. no. It's 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 a. Uh, it's good. I think Fox is still the leader, man. It's hard to beat Fox. Go like, click out of that, Ronan. Let's have a look at some other shit that he's got running this year. That that boot. He wore that kit the last round, but he had yeah. gray boots on and didn't look nearly as good. I like uh, Kenny. Some of the Fox stuff that Kenny's had lately yeah, has been Fo- pretty Yeah, Fox sick. is still the guy, man. Hey, you know what? Shout out to Adam Cincerello. For putting his car up there? For having a fucking Tesla. Yeah. You, you should have a Tesla. Adam Cincerello, cool as fuck, actually a nerd, super smart dude. So probably, intelligent. Probably understands what global warming is and the environment and probably understands that uh, having a Tesla is a, like a good thing. And uh, that's that's as non-moto as it gets. And I like that. I salute Adam for that. I, I think just showing personality, like what I do off the track is always good too, right? Mm. Like. I mean, if you're into swamp buggy, big trucks, post what you're driving. Like Kenny's a, a, a machine at doing stuff like that, right? Like, look at. I like that gear there. Yeah, Fox, man. It just it's hard. I mean, as I'm dogging on that one print, but Fox has a technical and and look. Yeah. They're just so forward thinking. So, like, from the founder of Fox, what will Renan do with Pete mm. Fox? Like, I can't wait to hear that one with him. Yeah, I'm excited too. I wonder. Um, yeah, see all that gear, like that gear where he's in the photo with Hanny that gear i'm all about but yeah honestly dude gear is in such a fucking weird place it's you know like the industry would go through these what are you wearing right now uh i've got a set of alpine stars yep i got uh a couple sets of fox but you know that the the thing that sucks is it's real you'd know this it's really hard to keep people happy can't in my position (laughs) like we all of the industry people that you know we put out the vlogs and ride they all want you to wear a certain thing and i like certain things certain stuff's not as good as others it's a it is a hard thing like so trip out on this i wore fly for the first time ever head to toe yeah yeah for the moto online thing. it's good man yeah the gear but i have a perception of fly from when i was young that is like the the new mexico colorado dudes that like race the arena cross ryan clark like kevin john like the old school it was stars it's one step up from moose back then yeah. <laughs> and, and now the stuff's like it's changed yeah. so much but the perception of it from like my my eyes and the history of it is not a premium brand yeah but let me tell you man good shit it's good shit did you like, wear the helmet i wore head to toe the, the bo- helmet looks good the helmet is great that formula great technology like it, it honestly man it is really i'm glad i wore it because like i've worn really good stuff like my whole career like because i wasn't never had to like i was part of one yeah you know the answer stuff was eh, like it's kind of like thor eh, right like circo makes answer stuff look good i'll be honest they definitely do they do like their their kits alpine star helmet answer gear like answers better here in australia than it is in america hands down totally agree but that fly gear i was impressed to have the boa system on their on their pant like it's legit like and and the perception of what the company is made me like not mm. 
you know they so. just don't have like so a good example of gear i do like is o'neill see i like some of that shit now yeah it, it they've almost weathered that retro that retro look right yeah like well, wilson makes it look really good i was good. gonna say they get a dude like dino that comes along and does it um but yeah for me I that think, white fly gear looks pretty dope though like the all white kit when mm. just like like I said, I'm I'm gonna try out some fast house stuff soon, and I that's not race apparel, so I'm anxious to see how I like it. I've always been like race guy. Yeah, I got a few sets of that as well. But like you, said, you can't please everyone. Like, but I'm stoked to not be really aligned with a gear company as such to just try stuff out. Yeah, have you got fist gloves? I don't. Never worn them. We'll get you some fist I'm gloves. I'm into then. trying them. Well, we gotta get you some gypsy tails gloves. There we go. Um, put that other the first tab back up there for us, Brandon. Um. Yeah, I, mean, I I think that probably looks wise though for me. Like I just feel like the Alpine Stars kit, and it's oh, like so premium. Oh, it just looks so good, and so like the the designs that they've got. Ando, Ando makes it look sick. Tomac makes it look sick when he wears the black stuff. Jet looks a million dollars in it. Oh, so like, I just wasn't pumped on the A Star kit when they try to make the shoulders look like they're in road race suits. Like when they put the Alpine Star oh, low. Oh yeah, like yeah, I think yeah. I think AC or um, Tomac had that a lot. Yeah. You know, and I just it made me look like man, this isn't road race, but yeah. like, that is their heritage. So, who am I to say anything about that shit? Yeah, I better not actually say that on the podcast. Um, what else? Are we, oh, dude, Hunter, Hunter, this weekend makes his debut. Please, Lord, let him just do what he's capable of because the kid is so rad. Please, sweet baby Jesus, <laughs> with the tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> Please let my Hunter Lawrence do real well this oh. weekend. That kid is so good. He's so nice. He's been oh. working so hard. And Jesus, his little baby brother is a freak. <laughs> a freak. I, I, I messaged. I got to meet with him and Jet at Intense Cycles in, in Temecula. Oh, sick. And they're Intense Cycles ambassadors. And um, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude, they're rad. I think that company has two of the best moto guys in the world, so that's pretty cool. And uh, it was him, Darren, Johnny O, and Jet, the four of us, or five of us, and we were setting up their new XC bikes. And just, like, the diversity between those brothers, like, we talked about it at lunch, like, having I have a younger brother, you have an older brother. Younger. Younger, sorry. And it's like, having the the difference in them, you know, in, in all of us, but, like, the same. Yeah. And I just, like, I want any athlete to perform that to their capabilities. And I think Hunter's had that fair shake. Yeah. Right. His first year on that Geico bike, the bike was a turd. Um, he says he's ready. Like I, I, he messaged me back. I'm like, are you ready for this weekend? Good luck. He's like, I'm ready, man. It should be good. So like, let's just like Hunter Lawrence is going to step out of that shadow of his little brother that he made. Like it's a weird dynamic. And I think they navigate it the best they can. Mm. And he's his own person. Yeah. And, I think he looks just as good as Jet on the bike in his own way. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, you've got contrasting styles. You've got contrasting personalities, but from the same family. And they're very close. And they spend a lot of time together. And the the funny thing with that family is that Hunter's the big brother. Yeah. Like, Jet is the little brother in that situation in terms of the, the dynamic and whether or not that changes on the track or whether that changes in terms of results. But in terms of, like, the family structure, Hunter is the the big bro in that. So, uh, I mean, it's so hard to speculate. And, and I don't think anybody, like, if, if Hunter is affected by Jet's success, I don't even think he'd tell his chick. Like that shit is staying in inside, 
And it's like, so, I mean, I don't know that I can speak on that. I know that for my whole life on a personal level, I was super jealous of my brother and he was fucking way better than me. And it came way easier to him and I tried harder and I probably wanted it more and my little brother always smoked me. And I never, (laughs) I never, I repeat, I never got over it. So, I don't know, man. Like, I, I mean, obviously, I I'm saying that a, as a C-class dude. I think he's like, got a hall pass, but it's going to run out soon because I don't think he's got to race his brother heads up. In his eyes, he hasn't raced him heads up healthy. Mm. Right At some point, he's got to be like, well, he's better because he stays healthier longer. Mm. But right now, I think in his head, he's like psychologically thinking, he hasn't raced me at my best. Mm. Right? Like Paula this year, or was it last year? Last year like 2019 yeah yeah when him and ac are going for it like that, <sighs> he that looked phenomenal and that bike dude. was a turd like really? that bike was not good then like really? Daiko was going so like hunter's performance is on that bike in that era like isn't what geico's bike was last year or is what the same engine builder ryan cox went to hrc mm. so like the package they have now is better than the turmoil that team was going through when hunter first came over right so it's interesting to see if hunter can if he thinks that way i i agree right like he hasn't hunt jet hasn't raced hunter heads up but the best thing for hunter is his only reference probably to light speed lights class speed is his brother who's winning Mm -hmm. and is the fastest so if he's saying he's ready on some dm to me he knows he's ready because he's comparing his speed to jet Mm -hmm. that could be a blessing and a curse right like there's nothing worse when you're competing against someone you know you're not even in the same league he knows he's in the same league mm. and i think there's going to be a few guys that he's gonna have to race um that are gonna be bad cooper justin cooper is like a new school it's a young cooper webb mm. you know i think justin cooper is gonna challenge hunter i think there's a quite a few guys to be honest martin martin oh. Wait, can you pull up the can you pull up the uh, West Coast Lights entry list for us, and we'll have a little bit of a sauce yeah. of it, have a bit of a squizzy beak. But man, yeah, I mean, you got Hunter training day in and day out with Jet. You're gonna know, like that is the reference point. That's yeah. the yardstick of what speed is in 2021. And if you can be within Kui of Jet's lap times, like his best lap times, and if you can be within Kui of him on the practice track together. You're going to the first race of the West Coast Lights series knowing that you can win. Yeah. And that has to be massive for Hunter. Unbelievable. And then having Johnny O'Mara in your corner, like his diet's better. His he's got his stuff he's got his some, some intestinal problems figured out. Like he like they're so different. Like he said, Jet can have is like a garbage disposal, eat what he wants, eat donuts, whatever. Hunter can't, his body doesn't perform like that. So They've done their camp. They've done their homework in this camp, and I think it's if it's now. It's, it's not. I shouldn't say now or never, but like it's a pivotal year for Hunter. Mm. Oh, dude, I, I think it is a very important year for Hunter uh, to like just on on so many levels too. Like not even just like the team dynamic, but I just think personally for him to know. And the the thing is too, I don't think what any of us like where 
square as in the general sense of the sport. Like obviously we had dealings with them when they were just kids, but for the for the majority of people that this is like a new thing on their radar. And then last season we saw them together at Salt Lake for a couple rounds, and then all of a sudden this year Jets winning, and then Hunter's about to make his debut in a lot of people's eyes almost. But it's like, hey, Hunter's been dealing with this little shit his entire life. He's known since Jet was on a 60 that Jet doesn't really care in the same way that Hunter does. This whole riding thing comes way easier. Like, he puts in almost no effort and can do technique perfectly, whereas Hunter's, like, zeroing in on it. So, Hunter's been prepared for this kid his entire life. And I mean, what's happening right now with Jet being this like new superstar in the sport, Hunter's probably known it was going to happen all along. So I'm like, we're freaking out about like, how does Hunter feel? Like, is he going to be able to deal with it? Man, Hunter's probably already over it. Yeah. In terms of how he's been through this. How rad if he had a butt patch said what brother? Or like, not Jet. Baby or, bro. Ba- baby, like something just to yeah, have a yeah. stab, right? Cause, yeah. But that's, once again, that's not his style. Like, mm. Hunter's his own man. And I think we haven't, um, as a, the global market, like hasn't seen Hunter for who he is. Mm. Like, even like, well, and I don't think Australia's even seen him because he, he's left at such a, he left at 15. Mm. And he's been the best people have seen Hunter has been in a global stage via, you know, MXGP, not Australian motocross, supercross or American soil. We've, I think we've had glimpses of it here in Australia and glimpses of it in America. But this is the year that I think we're going to really see what Hunter Lawrence has to offer. Mm, no, I totally agree. And I am excited for your boy. Um, so our entry, 65 entries. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Jeremy Martin. Alex Martin, Cameron McAdoo. Ooh, breakout year coming up for McAdoo, maybe. I want to. He's a good dude. He's fast. But I I think he's got speed, but I don't think he has, like, the consistency to have Mm. that. It's an interesting dynamic. I mean, I think Carson Mumford's going to get some hole shots, and I think could could be, like... On a privateer Honda? He's got... Yeah, they're fast, though, man. Really? I think, like... I talked to his old man, and they got this the engine builder up, up in the Des that does a lot of. He's good. Like their bikes are good, okay. but Alex Martin's gonna be fast. But this is kind of his last year, man. Like he's got yeah. this last hope. Jeremy Martin, I'm just I don't rate him in Supercross. Mm. Like they all talk about the star bike. Yes, it's better, but can you take the the the? Dude. Can you take the mistakes in his his chicken wing style? Like I'm not a fan of how he rides. If I'm a coach someone how to ride it's gonna say don't ride like that guy yeah to jet he's literally yeah. the exact opposite yeah of jet. like there that, that's what's cool though also is you can take two things two different ways and get to the same result mm. but supercross he hasn't shown us that outdoors it works so i mean you got martin martin mcadoo justin cooper's who i'm i'm thinking is gonna even he just see, got i injured. just don't rate cooper that yeah. much like i don't i mean fuck i just don't see like him there all the time like i think he's super fast and i think that he lets shit get to him a lot like when something goes down then he, yeah. he's down you know there's there's a few guys that's gonna make this class really tough for a lot of people like say like to go from fifth to first like hunter hunter lawrence if he gets a bad star is gonna struggle with um uh march banks yep uh check it out jake masterful is making his dude i'm curious to I'm see sorry. how yeah, he goes yep because yep. he is 
fucking fast. Yeah. And that dude looks good on a dirt bike. So that's Jake. We're talking the younger brother also, right? So the other one is... Uh, oh, Ty. Ty Is that who I'm thinking of? They're both uh, making their Supercross debut, though. Is, is is Can you scroll through that? Ty is on there. Yes, yeah, 75. Yep, yep, yep. Good starter. They're on. He's on a KTM. But you got... Dylan Schwartz and the Barak Suzuki, and then you have Sean Cantrell's coming back on the Barak Suzuki, dude. Yeah. So you're gonna have like a depth that we have zero of in in the East Coast on the West Coast, right? Styles Robertson rookie debut, but I think your your runaway guys are gonna be Martin and and Cooper. McAdoo and Cooper. Yeah. Right. And then you got Hunter Lawrence that we just haven't seen enough yet to go. All right, like we know the the racecrafts there, but. Those uh, Club MX kids are, are going fast, right? Yeah. Um, there's there's the battle for third to to twelfth is going to be deep. Like this is what we want to see in the lights class, right? Mm. Is a lot of diversity and speed. Um, but I'm gonna say, who would you call out for? Like you're gonna bet on and win the title in this group. I mean, really, Hunter Lawrence. Hunter Lawrence. <laughs> um, that's who I'm saying because it's so funny. I had. Uh, I had a uh, a friend of Colt Nichols, I'll say, yep. call me out and be like, and also a friend of Austin Faulkner call me out and be like, why the fuck you ride Jet's dick so hard? I'm like, he's Australian. <laughs> I can't not do yeah. that. This is the lane that I'm in. This is blood. This is country. I have to say this. There's one Aussie dude in there. I, you got, you're American. You can pick from any of these fuckers. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, yeah, you I, get to make a prediction. I get it. I don't. Well, and guess what? That's a, you're, you're going with your countrymen, which is an awesome person. And all a, I got to do. And, and it's not that far off kilter what could happen. Could you imagine if Hunter Lawrence wins a championship? I would do a nudie run around the studio. I would be that excited for him, dude. It would be so I just, sick. I would love him to win too. I mean, there's, I, I, I mean, it's, it's probably not like, I don't think it's a claim that you can make with any substance at this point. And I, there's no data. There's no the, data the, the, yeah. the, the data shows it's not the right if decision. We're playing, if we're playing Moneyball, he ain't playing for the Oakland A's. No. I think if I'm betting on the title, I'm betting for, it's going to go Cooper, Martin, McAdoo Martin okay like like in that kind of but just watch I'm telling you watch for Carson Mumford yeah I, I honestly think Carson Mumford is like be this, a podium this, dude he, he maybe two or three times I think he's just he's pissed but the whole Geico deal mm. how it fell apart and he didn't get the PC ride and his dad's been working hard with this team his dad Scott's a really really hands on kind of dad Michael Lindsay like that guy is Kind of like Rain Man, dude. He's a goofball, but he's wore, wears no shoes. What's his, what's his role in? He owns the team. Oh, what? Yeah, dude. It's squirrely how it came about, but like the guy is so dedicated. I kind of like that dude shit, to be honest. I, I do, man. He he tried yeah. the media thing, but he's too... He's 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 like Rain Man. The dude's super intelligent. Yeah. He worked at Enzo. Like they got great chassis. Enzo, KYB's doing all their chassis stuff. They got good motors. Um, Carson's got a full facility. He bought Alessi's place and made it even better. Yeah. He knows what's good on a bike because he came from a good Geico bike. Yeah. Right? So, I, I, I'm not saying he's a title contender, but I think his trajectory is... The, I mean, I think he's going to smoke his arch rival um, as in um, Styles Robertson yeah. on the Husky. I don't think Styles. He's too young with that Baker's factory. He's getting eat up, spit out. But I think... Swole, critical year for Swole. I think March Banks on that Club MX, like, yeah, like he won Daytona, dude, lost his ride. 
Who did that? March Pinks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he's on the Club Mex Yamaha. Like, there's just so many cool stories. Ty Masterpool, like, I'm. that's going to be gnarly. That like, kid looks so good on a dirt oh, bike, bro. He's, 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 like, I, it's going to be a good, this is going to be good Sunday, man. It's, or You're going to be Saturday. here for it. Yeah, I'll be here. Yeah, it's oh. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. We're talking, we're talking our, yeah, we're talking our terms. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Carson Mumford fan. And yep. I'm also a huge Carson Mumford fan because he's doing the YouTube thing. Like, there's a lot of effort that's going into that. He's like, back in DBK, like Stenberg, the whole crew. Like, he's not trying to be like a, a box, even though, you know, he's, mm. he's, he's got a rad little box fan. Like, he's doing it his way because he has to now right mm. so it's, it's gonna be good man a lot of kids couldn't back themselves up from losing a ride like geico it's it's sometimes man it turns into bad things like yeah you know, alcohol drug yeah. abuse because they go from being a star to nothing right yeah i mean we've seen it happen so many times like that pressure like one crash away and i think carson having a good family around him good people around him but he's been kind of since he's 15 you know thrown to like a factory ride like he's mm. a was a kb built him a full-blown factory crf 150 geico had a seven-year plan x dubai athlete yeah everything's been great since he's been born right like yeah. orange brigade ride team green ride like everything's just been earned and and, and the path has been written and then the rug got ripped out from underneath him and he could have gone one of two ways and i think you know you talk about gear like i think it would have been a hard pill for him to swallow to wear fxr gear mm but he looks he makes it look good that goes to show you the right style the right bike he makes his kit look good and i hope nothing but the best for him i think he's gonna yeah. come out swinging and man you know what makes you fucking cool and it's probably lost a little bit in this sport because it is so sexy and glitz and glamour man you you are right dude like carson mumford you can make anything look fucking cool bro you be a g yeah. And like I've spoken with him on on Instagram and shit like that, and instantly just so, super impressed with his attitude. Then I started following all his YouTube stuff, started watching all his shit. Made me a fan. I didn't give a fuck with. I couldn't even tell you what gear he's wearing. Yeah, it's like I know he looks cool, and yeah. it's like there is there is something about like it's funny. Sam always says this. He's like, you know what's cool? Being yourself, and he says <laughs> it like in a joking way. Yeah. But like it's super true. You know, like you don't need to be head to toe in drip to get the fucking job done man yeah like, you don't need to be on a ride dean wilson has reinvented o'neill like he his personality and, and carson invests in himself man and this is one thing kids need to realize and he invests in a film kit each day to come to the track with him to film content for him yeah like he spends his own salary which is probably not a lot from this chaparral honda team to make sure he stands alone he doesn't rely on the team mm. um and the team's actually gotten more money because they have carson yeah. Right. Like the team, because Carson does such a good job with the social platform. But what is that balance mm. of not taking too much time away from the task at hand? Well, we'll see. But the thing is, man, is like these dudes have time. They do. They do, man. I, I, that I agree. Was, that was one thing when I was there and doing the film stuff. Because like when I was in America doing the film shit, it was before film shit was a thing, really. True. Like we were trying. We, we were peddling the whole film thing before any team wanted anything to do with it we were the first team like when i did that coming to america jdr series that's the first web series in motocross ever it is man and like it didn't get that much play because we were the first ones that did first it to market you know what i mean but it's like and through that process i realized how much time these dudes have 
And yeah, like I feel like if you're on the Alden program and you're absolutely getting fucking flogged that you really do need all that time for recovery. But for the most part, man, like these guys have a lot of downtime to where you can invest in replying to DMs. You can invest into into doing film content. You can in, invest into replying to YouTube comments and doing extra sponsor stuff. Like you really do have time, especially when you're on the fucking east coast or the west coast and you're doing half a supercross season like you can really invest in yourself and in your sponsors to set yourself apart but the culture is that you like get shoved away in a corner you're not allowed to do this you're not yeah, allowed to man. do that i have to I, hey i know what i can fit in a day no i have to agree with you i'm i'm a little old school with like train rest like be selfish but like you you are right like like Beerman, like going back to the Beerman thing is like, you know, these guys, I think the, what I think of when I say that is like a typical, like, let's say, um, pro circuit Kawasaki rider, they get one paycheck, mm. right? They can't do any, all the DMs, all the extra time. They didn't, they don't get a gear deal. They don't get an eyewear deal. Like all that's the what avail, right? Like we're Carson Mumford's on a different program. Yeah, but nah, like build your fan base. No, no, I, I'm not, I don't disagree yeah. with you. I, like yeah. my, my yeah. old school, like bland thinking in those situations is of one like, hey, like stick to the path. Like I'm, I don't want to invest in a bunch of money for a pro for Thor. Mm-hmm. When I don't really work for Thor, I work for pro circuit Kawasaki. Yeah, yeah. Like Cameron McAdoo looks like he, ride, he doesn't ride for Fox. Mm-hmm. He rides for Pro Circuit Kawasaki. That's like my... That's the old way of That's thinking. the old yeah, way of yeah. thinking. Like you're saying, like, play the long game. Like Carson has built a platform. I've never been on TikTok in my life. I don't have the app, okay? But I heard Carson has some crazy TikTok subscription. Like, Look that up. I think he's got like a pretty big fan base on TikTok. That's and dope. I, and I'm like, I don't know what it is, but obviously you're doing something right. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. so to your point, Carson reinvests his time, his... He's not going backwards. He's going the right way. Um, and we'll see, like, you know. Because it's got to be a huge hit to the ego, man. Play some of this. Uh, you're going to try and film all the races this year. Have a filmer come with you. Crazy, he's a fucking rookie. I keep forgetting. See, this is so sick. This is huge, dude. So yeah. Unreal, unreal. You've nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. This you can't teach this shit, man. No. You you can tell someone, but they have to do it, right? Hey, you know what? You know how long that took? You know how long that took? Fifteen seconds. Fucking minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all it can fit on TikTok. How, what? How many followers does he have on TikTok? I heard it's pretty good. Oh, not, dude, is that good? Two hundred k, two million likes, bro. That's a good. That's that seems like a good stat to me for a kid from uh, SoCal. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. What else we got here? Let's there's two ways to do it. You have Cameron McAdoo, right? He's Purser at Kawasaki. Every shot of him is just straight dirt bike racer. Yeah, yeah. This is fucking cool. His style's good, huh? Yeah. This is so sick, dude. Right, stop. Well, why do you think Jeremy Stenberg wrapped his arms around him and put some big DPK logos on him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in that whole crew there, they're on it. Like, they're, they're racers at heart too, right? They want to have a right. kid like that representing DBK. So, I think we can agree we're fans of, of, of CM122. That's his old number. But, yeah, Mumford's, Mumford's the man, dude. Um, scroll down a bit on that for us, Just want to make sure we cover some of these bases. Um, 
Oh, dude, Sipes is racing Daytona again. Top five guy, podium guy, good not size with, win no, Daytona. No, not with this class. <laughs> I think, dude, East Coast, if he was on East Coast, podium. Dude, right? <laughs> Can you imagine if Sipes goes, dude, please. Ryan Sipes, please go and race East Coast Supercross. I know. Please yes. go and race it. Yes. You will probably get on the box. Yep. Dude, speaking of Ryan Sipes as well, outside of Supercross, he fucking killed it at that Red Bull event. He's just he's just country enough to not know what he's getting himself into. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to race with Sipes, and he is such a rad human being. And just like what Red Bull has given him as a platform is allowed someone not to just be a square box. Like, oh, you're not like the best guy. Oh, you don't have a job anymore. You have no place in this industry. This Ryan Sipes deserves everything he has, if not more, because he's willing to just always reinvent himself. And we need more Ryan Sipes. Like he is, I'm so stoked. Like he has his kids riding Stasics. He's doing things like he's involved. Like he's a general and he's opposite of Cooper Webb, right? He mm. just loves, he's going to be around forever. Yeah. He's in ride two wheels forever. Pike's peak. Like he is, no one has done what Ryan Sipes has done no. or will do. No. Man, and talk about like putting your ego aside, willing to cop an absolute ass beating to go and do Erzberg. the, yeah, Erzberg. Like you got Ryan Sipes, you got no business being there, bro. You got no business being at Erzberg. And he's going to probably go back, huh? Guess what? Fucking kills it. Yeah. Absolutely kills it. And it's just like the ego that you've got to shove aside ISD, to just go. ISDE winner. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, there's a lot of accolades that he downplays in the in- industry doesn't give him credit for like the core of it the ones that know like yourself know ryan mm. sipes is how old is he now 36 37 is he that old 30 yeah dude. really yeah i believe so i'm i didn't think he was that old i'm 40 and he's a couple years younger than me man like yeah right like he's same age as brayton yeah 36 35 i think right no like shit. they both were on the mdk team together like same that's true right so it's like he he's making it look really fun. Like I I look at Sipes and I I mean I'm older than him, but I'm like man, like I could still have great days on the bike. Mm. Like it's that feeling, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. that feeling. It's not yeah. about the, like the position or speed anymore, but Sipes reminds you of that feeling you get when it just clicks. And yeah. It's like that golf shot. Yeah, it just yeah. takes one. Yeah, and you come yeah. back right. Yeah, I just hope I get like that feeling one or two times on the track that day, and I'm coming back. And Sipes reminds us like. Stay fresh, stay sharp, smile. Stay ready. Have fun. Yeah, and I think that, you know, to to create a bit of a precedent to just be a guy that can come and show up to a race and like, because not a lot of people race Supercross for fun. Oh my God. I did the uh, Hammer Let Me be an alternate for Rebel Straight Uh, Rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hadn't rode Supercross in years, man. And he's like, I made like a comment like, oh, you need an alternate? And he's like, yeah, I do. And I was like joking. (laughs) But then I'm like, I should try it. And I was so scared, like so scared. And I luckily got through it. A couple guys, the chat ate shit. Yeah, like, that's right. They actually needed me. Like yeah, yeah. I got to go head to head with RV and got my ass kicked. But like just to be in that moment, yeah. like it's it's a lot heavier than people think. And we undersell that moment or we underappreciate that moment as a fan. Like for the moment that a guy 
like you or Sipes can go and just like just show up and put a bike on the line and like qualify for the main event and bang some bars with the dudes that this is their job like that should be appreciated as much as the guy that you know is winning and getting on the podium and I think that kind of speaks to what we even started talking about at the start of the show is like maybe we need to adjust our perspective of what is a good result that's, that's you know what I mean. Well, I'm I'm ex- I'm gonna race an Australian outdoor moto. Dude, sick. Yeah, like I just want to like I've done cool shit. Like I've raced a GP. I've raced a works race. I, I've, I've raced a hair and hat. I've raced a hair and hat. I've raced a lot of supercross, arena cross, and a lot of Aussies. I feel like downplay their own series. Like, oh, I'm not gonna race anymore because this is Australian. Well, you do not like the race. Why'd you start doing this to begin with? Mm. So it's like, yeah, the track might not be as good as Redbud. Yeah. But like, this is what, like, I race because I love to race. Yeah. So like, I'll lean on the crew here. Like, what race should we do? And like, how should we do it? Dude, come and do Manjimup with us. I, I, I want to go racing to have fun. Like, there's no yeah. result tangible, right? Like, it's, I need to have something for myself. And that'd be like Mammoth, right? Yeah. Like Mammoth, like. Well, I feel like Manjimup, Manjimup is our Mammoth. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to go do that stuff. So it's like, Sipes reminds us to like, stay sharp. And if I have a, a dry, Sipes, I think would be not a good not the best Ryan Sipes if he was working at the local bike shop or doing something mm. as different because he needs something to chase and I'm much the same like I'm racing Tasmania um XC rate Australian Nationals and cross country because I need something to, to you need to a carrot carrot and Sipes as a guy as a racer gives me that like I'm a fan because he's like man this guy is staying alive he feels alive and his wife and his family support him and that's huge man when you're mm-hmm. getting your late 30s like you still have to be selfish for those periods of time to be sharp right you know he's gonna go riding and go train and maybe miss uh, something for the kids in those small interim times to make him or just the kids at home being a fucking little gremlin yeah like <laughs> and the wife's at home by herself yeah so i mean i think it's cool that he's allowing to tell that story for all of us dudes and our, our mid thir- or dads you know in general yeah yeah that's so cool um what else is there to talk about we wrote down some notes here guys so we're just uh, making sure we cover cover some bases um how long have we been going for ronan actually have you got to be anywhere you got a dip pretty soon yeah like half hour or so oh yeah that's sweet um the other kind of interesting thing worth talking about for uh this season is the no going home and riding how do you think like you've got the three races right because i mean i've got some thoughts on this in terms of um how it may have impacted the championship like i honestly think that these guys not being able to go home not being able to ride i think honestly man like i can think of a couple of examples where it has impacted the championship so i want to get your thoughts first i thought so i thought there'd be less injuries because guys would like during practice like when you're racing you're a lot more focused i think Mm. you know and i thought like not having those practice days of like testing new product or just being a little like in the scroll hold and hey go hop on your bike like just just, I just thought like that and dude the east coast class is proving me wrong clearly right 450 class is a little different but I'm a fan I would have been a fan of it like personally I'm I'm a I like to race I hated like that monotony of the the week like I'd overtrain I did a lot of things wrong so for me it would have been better Mm. Um, so yeah I'm actually interested to hear what you have to say because I kind of don't have an opinion I'll be honest I think from a fan's point of view I, I think 
it's been good to have the two day a weeks. Mm. I like that, but I'm not in it. So what do you what do you think? So all right, let's look at Ken Roxon. Wins three races in a row on a time when no one went home. So you don't, as the guy that wins the race. So let's say you got the three indies, and you don't go home, right? So who is the guy that won the first indie? Uh, Ken. Who's the guy that won the second yeah, indie? Ken. Who's the guy that won the third indie? Ken. Okay. We might have something here, right? Because you get the guy, and I think this same example applies to the lights class. So you get the guy that wins indie. He's on the same dirt. He's on the same setup. He's on the same everything, right? And then he wins. And then he goes back to his Airbnb, and he's got his missus, and he's got his kid. He's got his setup. And he, he knows, like, hey, I just got to go back, and I just got to do that. So then the 19 other dudes, they they might have not had the feeling. They might have not had the setup. They might have not had the the vibe with the dirt. And then you've got to spend three days knowing that you didn't have what it takes to beat Ken. And then you know that when you go, you can have a shit round and then you can go home and you can find something. Or you can trick yourself into thinking you found something. You can do a couple clickers here. You can run a new setting here. And that's all it takes when you're a dude at the top level to go back, especially when we're talking like Cooper with this whole air shock thing. You go you go home, you go back to Florida, you go back into your comfort zone. That weekend's out of the... That's in the rear vision mirror now. And then you go back to the, the new stadium and you're like fresh start, fresh championship, like fresh weekend, everything, we've got a chance and you here. But that didn't happen in Indy. Ken just went back to the stadium and in his mind, he just picked up where he left off and then everyone else was searching. And then, so then he wins round two. And this, what what I just said, this compounds again. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you do it the it'd third be, weekend. It'd be interesting to see like looking at the, like what you're saying, because I agree with you, except I just think the whole bike setup thing is more placebo and mental than actual gain on bike. Hey, no. but the placebo effect yeah. is is a placebo yeah, effect yeah, yeah, for yeah, a yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah, and I think like to your point is like, okay, look at the results of like improvement versus not, yeah. right? Like, so in between ND3 and Orlando, well, we, we're assuming Cooper went and tested. Yeah. Right? He was off the air shock on the spring shock, right? Yeah. So it's like, what, what improved, what was that improvement? Was it like, a bike setup did guys not you know i i know what you're saying i think it's it's more of a, a just straight mental it's a mental thing like yeah. i mean but then traditional but that's what it traditional supercross though like went anaheim phoenix anaheim san fran anaheim san diego so there's not that much i mean anaheim is the same dirt the same whatever typically had almost one mutter yeah but I mean, you were hitting Anaheim a lot. Yeah. Right. But it's just not the same. It's not the same thing. I don't you're, think when you saying, get to go. Yeah, I agree. You I get mean, to go back. It'd you be get to hard go on your road to get, cycle. You're in that mud puddle, right? Like you yeah. have nothing else. Like especially Indy, you're in the room. It's like quarantine. Yeah, it's fucking snowing. It's outside. quarantine, but then you get to go race. Yeah. It's quarantine, then you get to go race. So like you're not gonna get that where like say Christian Craig like maybe he had this phenomenal maybe he you know he was there when Colt crashed mm. when you know that that off weekend that weekend before and he saw something weak so he came out just like it's all me mm. but then Colt got second and then you know he it, tides can turn so quick so yeah I mean I man I, I think it's it's thrown a, vol- a variable that we ever haven't ever seen staying mm. in a 
uh, a residency. They, how many times do they use that word on the on the on the yeah, on yeah. the live broadcast? Yeah, drinking game. <laughs> the residency, right? Yeah, yeah, these residencies have been different for all of us. But I think Anaheim SoCal is almost a residency in itself. Yeah, but I just think that there is something to like. You go home and then you find something. And I know for myself, like in my own training, it's like I'll go. And then I, I get to go home. Maybe I'll go to the gym and just drill with a friend. I Like I had a terrible night. And then I go and I just change up my program a little bit. And I'll, I'll go drill a roll here and like fuck around. And then it'll just give me a different feeling. And I, and I know that it's the same on a moto. Like so much of this is just feeling driven. It's all feelings. And, and when, you, when you don't get a chance to change that feeling and you've got to sit with a feeling for three days. And then fucking deja vu, Ken wins again. And then that feeling is compounded. And then deja vu, Ken wins again. And then you go back and then you get a new winner. And I can guarantee you, man, that at Orlando 2, Cooper Webb is going to be right there once again. Yeah, because he knows what he had yeah. worked. Yeah. And I think, luckily for Ken, he was, what, two seconds off or 1.5 1, 1. off of being perfect. Yeah. Right? So... Ken's the but like the guys that didn't have a good night like it's not going to be a, a fun feeling like you know when you know I can tell you all the years testing every day I went to the track I wasn't in the best mood mm. like not every day like it was a great job but there was probably it's still a job it's still a job there might have been a day that I you know I my kid was crying all out when he was an infant and I was pissed like so when I went to the track I wouldn't have had my best day, mm. right? So if you're stuck in a residency and in a hotel, if you don't even like where you're at, right? Like I'm living with my in-laws right now. It's an amazing place on a canal block with access to water and, but it's not mine. Mm. It's not where, it's not my place. I can't walk around in my undies, right? Like, so if you're in a place that's not your place, it's hard to get the best out of someone, I guess, you're, to your point. Yeah, and I just think that there is something to be said for like, you can you can go to a track it's like what you just said about golf. You know, you can hit that one shot. It's like you can hit that one fucking turn that just change. You're like, I got that feeling. Yep. And then you take that feeling to the track. But when you don't get a chance to take that, to change that feeling and you're sort of stuck in that groundhog day, like I definitely think that that plays a factor. Now let's think about Jet as well. He had a terrible run in Indy. Terrible. He didn't get, he didn't get, like he lost the championship in Indy. There's no chance for him to go home be a kid reset, reset yep. he's just in that supercross stuck thing stuck in the mud puddle yeah and he's like had the fucking thing that went on with Moserman and then he had the Craig thing and then he absolutely fucking axes himself <laughs> you know what I mean that's like a chain of how a, was that for you guys to sit in this room just Aussie 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 and that, then and then just Americana just like dude he he blew it Dude, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, he 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 rebounded. So like, but that's yeah. the thing. He re, he. To your point. Like, yeah. Then you get to go home. It's, it's the same thing again. You know, he has these three completely ass weekends yeah. in a row, and then it's like goes home, gets to be with his brother again, gets to be with his dog. He's hanging out, and then you just all of a sudden, dude, that's seven days when you're at home getting to ride, be on your program. Man, if I don't like, I woke up this morning, didn't have milk in my fridge, fucked my whole routine. You know what I mean? What, what, Put me in a bad mood. What, one thing I can say, man, is, and, and I'm not trying to bring myself in any of these circumstances, but moving across the globe and starting a new routine, like I don't, 
I always underestimated what foreign riders, whether they're from you know, the UK or Europe or Australia, foreign riders, people don't give Aussies enough credit or UK guys because they speak the same language with an accent. Like Ferrandis and Lawrence and these guys, yep. like to readjust and start a new life and like, you know, going to the gym doesn't feel like the same gym. Even though it's the same weight, the same feel, like same movement. Man. When I put my road cycling shoes on, I go down the road. I'm on the wrong side of the road. Like, I don't think, you know, I think the Lawrences are more comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. Than anyone in the field because of what they've sacrificed. Uh, Osborne and Ken also because they did the GPs. Yeah. But like to be comfortable being uncomfortable is the name of the game in 2021. Man, honestly, too, like we were sort of talking about it at lunch. Like, obviously, we know the Roxon family dynamic very, very closely. For Ken, dude, if Ken wins the championship in 2021, right, it's a process. Like, if you, you... There's a lot of stuff we couldn't speak about on here in terms of his personal life that has got him to this point from family, uh, like, direct family yes. to girlfriends to ex-girlfriends to new girlfriends to wives to... There's been this, this process of Ken growing up as a man. Like, when I met Ken, he was a 16-year-old boy. They had Red Bulls five times a day. Dude. Holiday. Having a holiday, right? Man, I one day, like, when Ken comes on here eventually, like, I would love for him to actually tell stories of the kind of shit he did as a kid. Like, he was a fucking weapon, bro. Like, yeah. the he, most fun person you could ever hang out with, dude. But the, the his story and the chapters that he has, he's got a hundred different yeah. chapters because of the yeah. life experience yeah. at a young age. Like he has got his Insane. wisdom, his wisdom of adapting. I mean, the guy speaks fluent English. Yeah, he's German. Yeah, right. Like, you know, you might someone might say, "Oh, how intelligent is he? Can you speak two languages?" Dude, Ken's a smart dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. If you ever question someone's intelligence from a foreign country because they're not speaking fluent English, like yeah. they're speaking a second language. I can't speak. It's like I can say burrito and taco. Cinco <laughs> 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 <Right>? de <laughs> fucking mayo. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, like. Yeah, you're so true. Like the, the what I've learned just in you know I've been two weeks in quarantine and now moving here is like. I'm uncomfortable doing certain things yeah. and it, it's not the same. So for Joe Shimoda, Ken Roxon, all these, these, these guys that have sacrificed ever Ferrandis, Ken, that makes them stronger in the long run. That's why Zach Osborne is who he is today yes. because of his sacrifice and being comfortable, being un uncomfortable. And the new school is the Lawrence brothers. Yeah. They've traveled the globe with a family, adding a special needs son in the mix. That's, that's that family's unbreakable unbreakable because they can get through things as a family and follow their passion yeah. and i don't know them like you guys know them i just know their story and i'm learning their story and for them to be able to use supercross and motocross as a platform to show yeah. as a true family i mean i think we're all very lucky yeah no a hundred percent and and ken has crafted that same thing for himself now Absolutely. right like and to go through like the seasons of his life, man, the respect, like it's so easy. And it's so easy for me. Like we do these supercross companions and we're watching the race and we're just throwing out these statements. You know what I mean? Like it's all off the cuff and, and a lot of times it's just talking shit. We're just having fun, man. From the bottom of my heart, the Ken Roxon that is racing his dirt bike 
right now is a special, special human. To go through, like, peep, it's pub, very public, the stuff that he's been through. The stuff that's not public that he's been through... It's almost harder. As It's as gnarly. And fuck, dude, like, to, to sit on this side of the world and watch that dude become a man the way that he has. He's built a family for himself. He's built a life for himself. Like, he has been through so much shit. I mean, the, the list goes on and on, and the legacy that he's leave, le- leaving all of us and the mark he's putting on this sport that we all love so much is going to be hard to ever ever replicate right mm. like there'll be other legacies that come years and years beyond but it's not the same as Carmichael's it's not the yeah. same as McGrath's it's not the same as other legends it's a very special one with diversity yeah. character and and just an honest man yeah. like he's a very honest he lets us in yeah right and I think I, I we have to thank him for that thank you Ken Roxham for bringing us on your ride yeah because it's a very special one for sure and and he assimilated so well and so quickly, right? That I think that we all kind of took it for granted. You look at like Marvin didn't assimilate, no, in the same way that Kenny did. Ferrandis definitely didn't assimilate. These guys that come from Europe, generally, this is what happens: they come from Europe, they get the bag, and they go back to Europe. Yep, they don't hack it. You get a guy like Ken that he assimilated so quickly. Like we almost hold him to the standard of, like, oh yeah, him and Eli Tomac. But it's like, dude. I know that, and I think that's probably why we hung out so much when I first moved there is we we're kind of going through the same thing at the same time, yep. obviously in like a different way because yeah, I spoke the, I spoke the language and like, I'm a Western, you know, like a fucking yeah, yeah. Western white dude. And, uh, and he had to go through so much stuff, but he assimilated so quickly. And like, for me, knowing how hard it was for me to like go from Australia to the U S like Australia is so fucking Americanized. It is. It, it's it's insane. But it was super hard it's for still, me it's to still, go there. It, it is tough. Like it's so. It, imagine it, what it, he had to go through. And, and, and of course, and and I know we're on the kin topic, but there's one guy, and I, I mean, uh, and I'm not trying to bring on the the Aussie fanboy here, but listen, Chad Reed. Yeah. Chad fucking Reed. Yeah. Like he adapted so quickly. Him and Ellie had the whole country on their back. He didn't have a dad, a mom with him. Right, they built a family there. They're still there. So, like, you know, and Ken looked up to Chad. So, mm. them, I think Chad's done a lot for guys like Ken that because he understands. Mm. And for him to, but guess what? There's another. There's a correlation here to success. GPS. Yeah. True. Huh. Like Chad left Aussie, went to the GPS, was on his own, traveled the world, like found that. That's I think the toughest way of making a motocross career. You know, yeah. like, you know, I know everyone loved my statement about about uh hurling's not having yeah. the best racecraft i'll still back that but the, the the mxgp riders have the most grit and they travel to the worst places and some of the best places in the world to follow their dreams where california the american motocross series is a pretty awesome series to be a part of right yeah, the dirt's yeah. good they pick the best venues and 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 to be able to be like ken roxon and chad reed and when you take a step back and now the lawrence brothers the Lawrences have are getting able to learn from these guys, and they're tight with Ken, mm. and they're tight with Chad, and hopefully it all pans out for us because we have a we have a it'll be a great ride for us to to follow. Yeah, well, that's one of the things I've said it before on here, but that's one of the things with uh, the hunt like Hunter and Jet is that look at what Chad was able to accomplish, but he didn't have a family. He was against a lot of people that 
he wished were in his corner. And I mean, I, I'm sure that provided a little bit of fuel, but that's kind of toxic eventually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. feel like that's like short-term fuel, yep. but long-term it's quite toxic. But dude, the Lawrences, it's like they did, they did the GP. They followed the Chad Reed playbook yep. to a T with the exception of being a super tight family and having a brother for and and not picking either of them like no no no, got, no you know what it, i mean they've it, got I, a I agree there. with you they, they they've got they've got a bond and they 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 like you said like you know chad was selfish mm. in, in his decision to, to for him and ellie to leave their family and to do it their way their way his way on stats was quite yeah. right hey worked it worked yeah the lawrences want to be happy and not have no regrets it seems like from mm. a long-term perspective and they have hopped it, hopped on planes, hopped in caravans and traveled the globe and following their dreams and passion and kept it their circle tight. And I think it's, I think, like I said, we're on one hell of a ride to see what this, this, this Lawrence train, can, how fast it can go and, and what it, it brings along with it. Nah, totally, dude. Well, we just fucking talk soupy for three hours. Yeah, which doesn't, it, it doesn't suck. Nah, nah, it's a good job. Uh, um, so what's coming up for you, mate? Uh, man, working, you're working with intense in, in Australia. Intense cycles, Australia. That's really new for me. Um, stoked on that. Still really, um, just new to it. I'm like three weeks into the new position as intense cycles brand manager here in Oz in New Zealand. Um, supporting the sales reps here in Oz. So I get to ride my bicycle a lot. Um, working with Stasic, that brand's on fire. The Stasic Whole Shot Challenges, electric, bi- electric bikes. They have some new stuff. I'm able to stay involved with them from Australia. That's going to be imported in Australia soon kind of and yeah man just just getting my roots you know I've, I've scratched the soil a little bit in the last couple you know a couple days really since I've landed and looking forward to starting a new adventure um go ride my bicycle after this at Narang and yeah man getting ready I, I want to get settled that way I can get on my dirt bike I feel like moto still to me if I'm not focused and like got my right gear and my bike and everything my way like I, I don't have as much fun so I'm looking forward to getting focused right now um, Mason my oldest is so in the moto we rode Pimpama last, on, on Saturday and we'll we'll, we'll have yeah yeah, yeah it's, we went through a tire already no, yeah so man it's just looking forward to what the future brings I think I'm not I'm not gonna tie myself down to really one thing here in Oz get to know the culture and have fun with you guys and, and, and just stay to what made me who I am. And that's in, enjoy two wheels and, and talk a bunch of shit. Um, where's your podcast? Where can people find that? Mine, my two life, my two life.com. It's just have fun with it, man. Share my insight to things. It's very, very small platform, but like last week's, uh, uh, podcast with Robbie Madison yeah, was I've really heard, cool. I've heard that was a banger. Yeah, his mental health awareness was really cool. The stuff he struggles with, and you know, Robbie is just a, a great human being, great family man, and to see what he's done, to hear it from him first and foremost. But yeah, I just do a lot of this, like like things to do with my life, my two year life. Like it's my, it's subjective to what I think, what I feel, what I do. A lot of testing and and stuff. So yeah, I mean. I appreciate the Gypsy Gang for having me on this. You know, it's yeah. it's it's fun to have like-minded folks that have real insight that do it that are relevant, right? Like whether you're in Australia or the States or Europe, I think you really truly have to be, to to bleed it and live it, and this crew does. So to be able to like tag along and and be like the, the new kid on the block is. I feel like my kids going to school, coming in here and hanging out. So. 
Thanks for having me on, man. It's, it gives me, it gives me a purpose, right? And that's important. I think starting that new adventure here in Oz. Yeah, man, I'm super excited for you to, to be, um, in the studio and, and being around, like I've got, we got some film stuff that we're going to do together, which I got to fully brief you on. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think, dude, I think you're going to be a huge uh, part of the industry here in the, the next few years. And for me, dude, selfishly, I'm so pumped like to, to, I, to have someone that I can talk supercross and motocross with with you like it's, I feel like yeah it's, you're one of the best dudes that I get to do this thanks with. man that means a lot and, I, and I'm not I'm gonna do my best like with our, our travel restrictions it's tough but I'm gonna be like my family's from the state so I'm gonna yeah. be back and forth I have access back and forth so like I, I don't want to lose touch to my roots um, yeah. in, in the states but at the same time I'm very very um, interested to what the Australian moto scene and cycling scene has, and I'm going to dive in, you know, balls deep and, and get after it. And I'm in a different place in my life where I'm, I'm, I'm not comparing Australia's Australia, Europe's Europe. I've been, I've raced everywhere and, and rode everywhere. So I'm ex- excited to see more of Australia and not compare. Right. Mm. Cause I don't have to compare. I'm not trying to get to the States to race or get to Europe to race. I'm just looking to have the best time on my dirt bike that I can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, we got some cool, cool shit coming up. I'll definitely think that, uh, we'll get you on for managing up. Um, I'll come and f- I'll mechanic for you. That'd at a national. Epic. I'll mechanic That'd for epic. you at a national. And then what's going on with this two stroke race? Oh, uh, I need to pick a date, dude. I've, I've got commitment issues. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Well, I'm just scared to pick. Cause now Melbourne's in lockdown again. Like well, it, let's, let's wait till after my bikes arrive selfishly. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's definitely not happening before, uh, March when your shit gets yeah, here. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I think you guys are on the right track. I think what I'd like to see from, the Austro- from outside looking in the Australian culture needs to realize they don't have to just race for like if they don't make it to America they have to stop racing yeah yeah right like there's a lot of great talent here well they used man we used to have the best series and like I mean I, I was a bit of a I was a bit of a dick about the Aussie series like um, just with the promoter and stuff like that I've squashed that I don't want to be that guy I don't want to be yeah. fucking negative I want to do well, what I can do to, to help because you're right man like we shouldn't have to just look to America we shouldn't have to and to be honest like our series we should be able to get our series to the point where the guys are so good that they can make good money here and then you know well it kind of was like Ferris could go and just be competitive yeah over in the US on his own bike like he got a fucking podium at high point yeah you know? I, I look in yeah I look forward to learning more about the up and coming riders I think there's a lot of good talent that's like racing GPs and you guys have a lot of insight so yeah, I mean, if you guys see me at the track, the Aussie crowd, come say hi, please. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm a very approachable person. Um, I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of folks. The Australian community has been amazing to me, DMing me, like, places to go. I, I, this isn't my first time here. I've been yeah. here quite a few times. But any any support or information that the the people want to give me, I'm, I'm willing to try everything at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Well, thanks for coming in. Cheers, uh, we'll see you on Sunday for Subi Companion first time it's gonna be a fucking yeah. banger the live chat is gonna have you in stitches yes and um yeah we'll make it up and thanks so, to, thanks to ronan as well for being the fucking lord on the keyboard yeah bud you thanks doggy dog yeah sick oh, unreal that was sick fuck that three hours went quick dude badass i got i hate to just jet but i'm not no, no, okay. okay. what's that one two three four those are numbers but you already knew that If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.